Injured in a car accident? It's about money. Your money. Your settlement. We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery? You pay no fees or costs. We strive to get you more at LawyerUp904.com. Welcome into the continuation of a Victory Monday. Frank Frangie, Hayes Carline, Lauren Brooks, Andrew Gipton with you. I'm still flying. I still can't believe it. I was flying when I woke up in the morning. I was flying at lunch. I was flying after lunch. I've been flying around while I was flying around. It's hard to believe. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to believe the way that game came off. It's hard to believe. It's the greatest game I've ever covered. It, it's. I don't. I think. I think you could do this another thirty years, and not see one like that. It was. Uh, it was spectacular. Yeah, certainly. I mean, I think it's understandable why people were making jokes that the Jaguars were playing a game like TCU played against Georgia right. in the first half. But look, I think, frankly, like you know, that touchdown before halftime was so incredibly crucial. Gigantic. I mean, massive. You go into halftime down 27 nothing to a team that had that kind of offensive firepower, and, and it's really tough to come back. But you go down 27-7, you come back out, and I think they had that renewed – Energy, belief, and all that. See, that's what the touchdown at the end of the half did. Number one, it got you seven points closer. That that it broke the seal. But more than that, you just hit it. More way, not way more than that. But just as important as that is, they ran into the locker room with a little bit of confidence. They weren't shell shocked. The, the shell shocked was gone when they scored the first touchdown. That that's what it did. At least in my mind, you they don't score that touchdown. I don't know that they come out and all of a sudden they score all those points. They were on. They were on a seven-point run of sorts. So I, I thought it was gigantic. What what a um, what a win for the Jaguars. What resiliency, uh, boy. And and Matt Money Smith, uh, my buddy, who's the play-by-play voice of the Chargers. I saw Matt a little before the game and then after the game. God bless. Him. Good guy. Really good broadcaster. And I saw him in the hall. And I said, Hey, bro. I'm sorry, man. We, we've been there a bunch. He said. He said, Frank. He said we we're used to it. He said we said everybody in our organization we're just used to it. He said, that's what he said. And I, and I thought about it, you know, and he's right. I mean, I've been there. Been, I've been, I've been the, we're used to it guy. You know, we, we've, we've all been the, we're used to it guy. You know that? And so, um, what a win for the Jags. What a, what a, what a comeback. I mean, it was, I mean, wow. I, I'm still, so, so today on the program, you're going to hear from some of the principals. Hayes uh, worked his way through the locker room. I want you to hear that right as soon as we come back from our first break, a number of the key players, but what a complete total come from behind, come from behind win. I mean, know this. If the offense doesn't score on five straight possessions, they don't win. Four touchdowns and a field goal. If the defense, once it got to 27, didn't hold them to three the rest of the way, they don't win. If Jamal Agnew doesn't return, do a, get a return to midfield and Riley Patterson doesn't make the field goal, they don't win. It was all of them, man. It was every level, uh, complete, complimentary football game um, that sent the fans into a frizzy uh, it was it was one of the it was one of the craziest maybe it's a tizzy one of the craziest <laughs> craziest days I've ever seen in that park. It was it was spectacular. The Chargers really only had to do one good thing in the second half to win the game, and and they could never get that one final good thing that they needed. Herbert was wild on a couple of throws, one a, a touchdown to Keenan Allen that he overthrew that that pretty much puts it away. Uh, there was a screen to Eckler that if he doesn't overthrow, there's a good chance that at least gets a first down. Uh, yeah, but I, I mean, I commend the Jaguars because it wasn't just 
the Chargers, who are a very talented team. Now, they uh, we've talked about this all year. We talked about it when we needed the Chargers to beat the Titans, that the Chargers are not who you want to count on to win a game you've got to have because this is who they are. Now, I never dreamed they'd blow a 27-point lead, uh, but this is in their DNA, and their beat reporters were the same way. Uh, they were not at all surprised that they gagged like they gagged because it's the it's the history of the franchise. But I commend the Jaguars because it wasn't so mu- it wasn't just rallying to beat a talented Chargers team. The calls that they had to overcome, uh, the I mean, just so many things that that went against them. Uh, and and what Trevor Lawrence did the other night, to me, it's way more impressive than if he'd thrown seven touchdowns and had gone 28 of 29 for 568 yards, seven touchdowns, no picks for a 158.3 passer rating. What he did Saturday night does one thing, and it cements it for as long as he's the starting quarterback. You were never out of a game with Trevor Lawrence. Now, if there's five minutes left and you're down 24 points, you're out. But you're you're never out of the game that early in the game. And uh, certainly it's a mistake I made. I had this team buried in the second quarter. Uh, you know, and, and I, I just, I, yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled that they came back. It was uh, unbelievable. Uh, it was unbelievable to witness. But for, for Trevor Lawrence at 23 years old to be able to block out all the, think of the scrutiny that he would have faced all offseason, uh, to be doing it on a national stage where you're not Sunday at one doing this with, nine other games going on. The whole world is watching this uh, that, that cares about the NFL. And uh, for him to rally like he did, to throw touchdowns to four different receivers, you know, it wasn't like Josh Allen just says, well, I'm just going to throw it to Stephon Diggs the rest of the game and hope that that bails me out. I mean, he, he went through progressions. He brought everybody into it, made some incredible throws. And uh, it, it, I, again, I, I could do this, I think, until the year 2068. And I don't think I'd ever see what happened Saturday night happen again. Yeah, it's crazy. Derek tweeted out Tom Brady is 0-6 when he's thrown four picks in games. So here is a second-year player that was able to put, like you said, all of the first half aside and go out there and and play super well. I I did not have Evan Ingram in my top five as far as Jaguars and VPs last week. I think now he has to be in there. The catch that he made when the ball's low and he's just continues what at a great full speed, play. Great play. gets yards after the catch. Almost I think he's in my ground. top five now. Ball almost, almost hit the, hit the ball ground. Almost yep. hit the ground. And that was a massive play. Matt, yeah, he, he's a really good player, and he, he's one of the greatest surprises there. And by the way, in fairness to you, you're not the only one that left him for dead. You just made the mistake of putting it on social. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of people. And, 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 there's, a, there's a building yeah. full of people and, and others watching on TV who thought the game was over. And I don't even look at it like a mistake. Yeah. People are yeah. like, you should delete I'm not going to delete it. It's yeah. part of right. covering well, a game. Well, it's sure. part of but, but documenting is, right. the game. But and, my and, point and, is, you know, you're I, not the only one. Oh, sure. I mean, I mean, I think yeah. most people, if if you really believed they were coming back and winning, uh, and if you said, you know what, I'm not giving up yet, there's a chance, that's one thing. But to say at 27 nothing, oh, they're going to come back and win. You're you're on you're in a, you're in a, on an island by yourself. Yeah, but I, mean, I, I will say this: the lesson has been learned. Yeah, because as long as Trevor Lawrence is playing for the Jaguars, it's going to be they're going to have to be almost mathematically buried in a game right. for me to ever say that they're done and they're going to lose this game. For me, the Jaguars special teams have been so good all season. When the special teams blunder happens, 
That to me was worse than even the four picks because some of those had, you know, been tipped and things like that. I thought with the special teams blunder, that's going to do the season in. Yeah, I, I thought they were going to lose the game. I, I, I had already gotten, not, I had already gotten not before the game, but it's twenty-seven nothing. We're always thinking about. I am at least the next show, the next wave of the next period of shows. Mm-hmm. I had already gotten to. You know what? It's been a great year. One bad performance doesn't change how they resurrected the franchise. Uh, how much growth Trevor showed, what a good coach Doug Peterson is. Uh, they won the division. Nobody can ever take that away from them. This arrow is pointed up. I, I, don't, no, I, I was there. Emotionally, I was thinking about this week's shows and moving forward and saying, you know what, I, I hated the way it ended, but, but the arrow is pointing only up. That was my th- I, I was there. I, was, and I, I, I mean, I was completely there. And then 27-7, I thought, well, you know what? They're going to make this thing a game, and they may now they may not embarrass themselves. At twenty-seven fourteen, I'm like, oh, well maybe. And then when they scored again, then I, when it was thirty, but by, by, by thirty twenty, even when they missed a two point conversion, at thirty twenty, I thought they might win. A lot of time left. Yeah, a lot of time. They a might. Of I, time. I thought they might win. I mean, they, they might. They might win. And but it's crazy. It was what twenty-seven to seven with still f- about five and a half minutes left in the third quarter. Yeah, how, like they did all that work with five minutes left in the third. And about, no turnovers. Think, yeah, right. Think about this for us, Al. When you read, when someone writes the book on this season, on the turnaround season, think about this for a second. At the beginning of the season, all those games they lost, they led all of them early, and at the end of the season, all those games they won, they they trailed them all early. I saw. I just realized this: the last five home wins. Yep. They trailed by nine points or more in every game. You realize that? It's mm-hmm. stunning. Not stunning. Nine. The last nine wins. Okay. So before we go, we're going to take a break. Then we're going to get to some of these. Interviews. This isn't a grizzled team full right. of thirty-one, right. thirty-two, <laughs> thirty-three-year-olds. But let me tell you the greatness of all the plays in that game. Of all the play, we'll talk about a lot of them, but of all the plays in that game, of all of them. The greatness of Doug Peterson. And maybe Phil Rauscher drew it up or gave him the idea. I think Peter King had that. Mm-hmm. But to come out in the, in the old T formation, listen, there's no way the Chargers could have been prepared for it because nobody's done it in 80 years. <laughs> When's the last – I mean, a, a T, not a wing T. People have been calling it the wing T. It wasn't a wing T. The wing T is both guys are in a slot which we saw in high school a lot. Mm-hmm. It was the old school T formation. I'm telling you, you'll laugh at this, but I was, you know, this guy Kevin Gallagher puts all these old, these old NFL things up on. He had a play, the Colts against the Jets or somebody in the 60s. It might have been the Jets, the game the Jets won. And they had both running backs lined up next to each other, and they ran a sweep and handed one. When's the last time you saw that? I mean, the, I'm telling you, the T formation. I don't think I've ever seen it. Well, in an I, NFL well, game. I've seen it. In, I haven't seen it in ones in my lifetime, but I can tell you, in ones when I was a little kid, you see the old highlights, the old black and white highlights. Three line running backs aligned up in a row, in a, a horizontal row, and you're thinking, there's no. They could have never seen it. It's not like the the Philly special or these gadget plays. We've all seen all of those. At some point, the throwback to the quarterback and the double. Oh, we've seen all the flea flickers. We've seen all those, the hook and ladder. Nobody saw that one because no one's ever done it since 1954 or whatever the hell. And so when he came out of that, 
And you called it right away. Yeah, you called a, it the T formation. It was a T formation. And I was like, watching it back, I was like, how did Frank know? Did they tip Frank well, off? How does he know that I'll formation? Tell you, I'll tell you, because I'm old enough. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not kidding about that. I, I'm old. I'm so old that when I, in my life watching it, no one used it. But I can remember they taught YA Tittle. You know, I mean, the guys that played, that's what they used. And I'm thinking, no one possibly could have seen this. And, and the Chargers had no idea. And then when Zay blocked down, there was nobody there. And I thought, what ingenious call to call to make a call that nobody there's no possible way those players have never seen it in, in any other level you know hey if it's an option well maybe one of the players saw it in college and here's how we defended the option right if it was a the wing t they might have seen it when they played for corky rogers in in high school right but they didn't see this one because they've never used it they used it in I'm, I'm not making this up the 30s and the 40s when they used the t formation and it's the perfect amount of old school with a tinge of new school because the Chargers thought they were in that formation to push Trevor. Correct. And Correct. so they all even doubled down on crashing down into right. the middle of the line. Right. And it, it was brilliant. Yeah, it was it, absolutely right. it, brilliant. It did look like they were going to put. But frankly, I, I, it's kind of surprising he didn't score. On I it. thought he was going to yeah. score. Yeah, it, it was. It was an amazing. And he stayed in bounds yeah, too. And the yeah. best thing is that he didn't score. Oh yeah, yeah. Then you give him the ball back. Oh sure, yeah. So it worked out great. So, but but amazing. All right, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, I want you to hear from Foya Luakon. I want you to hear from Christian Kirk. If we have time, you're gonna hear from Brandon Sheriff and Luke Fortner. But we're gonna start with the Luakon and Kirk. Great work as always, Hayes in the locker room. Uh, I want you to hear that that while it's fresh, while we start the program, what some of the players thought about that uh, marvelous, marvelous win. More Jaguar talk after this on a Monday. Brought to you by the Best Bet on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Cook puts it down. Patterson's kick is up. The field goal is good, good, good. The Jaguars have won it. The Jaguars have won it. They have come back from 27-0 to win the game and move on. How good is that? It's a Best Bet Monday on The Frangie Show with fantastic locations in Jacksonville, Orange Park, and now in St. Augustine. It's Best Bet. That dude's a little over the top. I disagree. Not at all. That dude's a little I over disagree. the top. Do you know yeah. how many That's people... How it's supposed to be. I mean... Yeah, exactly. You're supposed to have energy and be excited. You know how many people that have never met you that text me, how good is that after yeah. things like that? I, I've had um, this weekend that silly little phrase... I had about seven people, breakfast, dinner, when a guy made me say it on Instagram video, um, <laughs> um, grocery store, putting gas in my car, I had, how good is that? I mean, that tells you the fans. I mean, Frank, Frank, how good is that? Two made me say it. I love it. I can't not say it. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Frank, say, Frank, say, how good is that? Well, <laughs> come on, just say it. Just say it. So I said it. So. You had yeah. a little more enthusiasm than uh, Al Michaels. Yeah, and I feel bad. You know what? You know what? I, I haven't weighed in on that because I haven't watched it very much. I didn't watch it, so obviously Al lacked energy. Um, and I, I went back when I go back and rewatch it. I was zoop, 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 zoop. do y'all do that? I mean, when I go back and rewatch it, I don't watch the broadcast. I mean, I watch the play. Today, I watched a little bit more of it just because people were reason. talking about Al Michaels. Yeah, and, and I didn't do that. So I zip, zip, zip. Well, all he talked about on the on the kick was the flag. Yeah, right. yeah, and 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 the mechanic. By the way, they tell us, and, and I mean. When, when you first start doing play-by-play, listen, Al Michaels has forgotten more about play-by-play than I'll ever know. And Al Michaels is one of the great broadcasters of all time, and I greatly respect him and greatly respect everything he's done in this business. One of the greatest of all time, of all time, American sports broadcasters. No he, so, so if he had a bad game, but, I, but he, he really has been, and, it's, and it's, we need to point that out. But the one thing they tell us on a play like that is call the play even with the flag down. Call the play. 
and then tag the play with, but there is a flag on the field. That way, if the flag's against the defense, mm-hmm. the highlight stands up in the moment, in the moment, in the memory stands, you know, and I had to learn that. I, I made the mistake a couple of times early in play by play of saying drops to throw flag in there or a flag comes out, fires left side, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and, and it, it, it takes away the moment and the memory and the highlight, you know, so, uh, which is unusual for, but hey, you know, look, he's 78 years old. He's one of the great broadcasters of all time. I didn't hear it. I didn't hear much of his broadcast. Quick question before we get to Hayes' interviews. It's always a great job in the locker room by Hayes. Thanks. Did you guys talk about the refs during the game in your broadcast booth? Numerous times. Okay. Numerous times. I, I, it's one of the things I'm going to get to today. I, uh, we, we, we talked on and on. Now, listen, we weren't talking about the, the possible false starts that I'm sure the Charger broadcast was talking about. Mm-hmm. But the pass interferences that weren't called were egregious. The one interception, the second interception, he threw him out of the way. Well, you can't do that. You can't grab the guy, throw him out of the way, and catch the ball. I mean, you, you can't. That you can't do. You know, I uh, and there's one in the end zone I thought was pass interference. Mm-hmm. So, so my belief on that, and we'll get to it more later on, Lauren. But I think because I watched all the games over the weekend, I think there was a directive to the officials to let them play more than you have been through throw few. It had had no one told me that had to be. Because the stuff they didn't call that they typically would call, it was it was amazing how many there were. So we'll talk about that. But let's get to some of these interviews, uh, some of the key players. I think I think Foye Luakon is one of the most important players on the team that nobody mentions. Led the league in tackles by a wide margin. Um, he's the leader. He's a tough-nosed guy. He plays down. He he, he covers guys downfield. I really like Foye Luakon. I'm glad uh, he's the first guy you caught up with after the game. Hayes Carline uh, with the Jaguars inside linebacker. Nobody goes behind the scenes and inside the locker room better than Hayes Carlion. Here's Hayes with another one-on-one on The Frangie Show. We're pleased to be joined with Jaguars inside linebacker Foye Aluakon here on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Congratulations. What a victory. What does this feel like for you? I just love how we came together as a team again. When things get tough, we just come together even tighter. And we say, you know, let's fight for each other, fight for our brothers, and then you know, the good things turn out when we all start playing for each other. You guys were minus five and still get the win. What does that say about this group? I don't really know what the odds was, but I like my chances. We were down, I think, like 27 or something. Yeah. But it felt like we was in the game. As, long, as soon as we started doing what we do well, make our little stops, offense going to get rolling. As long as there's time on that clock, I felt like we was in the game. So when offense started scoring touchdowns, we just got to get the ball back to them. What were you guys able to do? They, they really never sustained anything because there were so many turnovers uh, early. So we, just, we recognized that. It was like turnovers, short field, but we still could have kept them out the end zone. Um, but when they had to drive the ball, I felt like we was keeping them out the end zone. So let's get the stops earlier in the drive. Let's make them punt, get the ball back to our offense. Once they start clicking, I mean, they are rolling. So it was cool to see. What did you see out of Trevor? I mean, can you talk about your, your expertise about in, in the league? In, li- in life are smacked in the mouth. A lot of people fold. That boy came back the second half and balled. So, you know, we just got the ball back to him, watched him keep balling. You know what I'm saying? Like, the confidence that you have to have to have maybe your worst half probably in his career. You know, worst half in his career to come back to have a, a spectacular half. You know, the mental fortitude you have to have for that. So just to see him do that in his second year, I mean, that just speaks to him, like, who, who he is as a person. Boy, what was it like, your emotions, watching Riley line up for the field goal? I was looking the whole opposite way at the crowd. I don't never watch those type of kicks. The crowd will tell me if it goes in or not. Pray to baby Jesus. Baby Jesus told me it went in. What was the crowd like tonight for you guys? It was electric. Thank God they stayed after halftime. We were down a lot. Um, 
and they, they stayed and kept cheering even though we were down to, to watch us come back and win. That's what we are at Jaguars. We're fighters, and I feel like that's kind of how the city is. You know, a lot of gritty people in this city, um, you know, rewarded them with a win. Foye Luakon, congratulations. Best of luck next week in the divisional round. Hey, thank you. We got to keep fighting. Got to get better. Yeah, and they will. They've got a, a week of practice to, to get better. And uh, I think they will. So it's it's going to be exciting to see what the Jaguar defense can do in round two against Mahomes. That's a tough, hard-nosed guy, isn't it? You know, he doesn't worry about fanfare. He doesn't worry about anyone talking about him. He just he just shows up and plays. I mean, that guy's not a pro bowler. I I, I'm, I guess. I, I guess I don't know what the term is, pro bowlers. But if that guy's not a pro bowler, I don't know who is. I can't imagine he won't make it next year because, again, next year everybody's going to be watching the Jaguars. Correct. And if they go out and win 11 games next year, which I think is probably going to be their over-under, uh, depending on what happens in the division, but assuming Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady doesn't show up in the right. division, um, you know, I, I think that it's uh, – I think he's going to get those accolades next year if he's healthy. A uh, guy that's worth every dollar. No one's talking anymore about how much money Christian Kirk's being paid, by the way. Uh, what a huge, huge, huge part of the offense he's been and was once again Hayes Carline after the game with wide receiver Christian Kirk. We're pleased to be joined with Jaguars receiver Christian Kirk here on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Unbelievable second half, unbelievable victory. Christian, what stood out to you about this one? I mean, everything. Just the, the resiliency. You know, obviously the first half, you know, got as bad as it could get. And um, just being able to fight and being able to just, you know, believe and take it one, one play at a time. What stood out about why the, the offense was able to start getting in a rhythm and, and how important was that touchdown right before halftime? Very important. You know, we talk about it, you know, called the middle late and, uh, you know, being able to get points before, you know, the halftime and then being able to come out, defense gets to stop and get some points again. So, you know, it just really helps, you know, with our momentum and, you know, being able to put us in position to, to you know, lead to a comeback. You guys have had such a versatile passing attack all year. I know that's something you guys take a lot of pride in. You catch a touchdown, Zay does, Marvin does, Evan does. It just totally spread out in this in this comeback. How cool is that? It's been great, uh, you know, just all of us to have a hand in it. And, uh, you know, it just shows the, the um, you know, the veteran, you know, uh, presence in our room and just guys being able to step up in clutch moments. How about the call on fourth and short, the run to ETN on the outside? What would you think of that? Yeah, uh, one of my favorite plays in the game plan this week, just a unique formation and, you know, just a different way to get the ball in his hands and, you know, great vision to be able to, to get outside and, and be able to stay in bounds. It was unique. It looked like Nebraska in the 90s or it something did. like it that. It did. Everybody in a, in a three-point stance and whatnot. That's why I said I, I liked it because it was just super unique. Yeah, absolutely. What was it like uh, in terms of, you know, enjoying it with the fans and the celebration it was great you know i said it last week but you know this the city deserves it you know this fan base deserves it this organization um and we're just so happy that we can we can bring that to them and uh you know it's got to keep going you know we're, we earned ourselves one more week and you know we gotta um you know get better and, and be able to get ready for a good opponent next week what do you learn about Trevor in a game like this? Obviously, you guys have tremendous belief in him, but it, you know, it's to me, it's it's almost more impressive than if he'd thrown seven touchdowns and no picks to throw four interceptions and then come back and win the game and throw four touchdowns. It's just incredible. What 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 you what was your takeaway from him? Yeah, it just shows the resiliency, um, something that we already you know knew about him and you know, I've already known about him, and, and and so just so proud of him with just you know his mentality, his approach, and just leading us, you know, to a, to a victory. Christian, I know you want to celebrate with your family. Thanks so much for a couple minutes, and best of luck next week. Thank you. Christian Kirk played 73 of 74 offensive snaps the other night, 99%. Uh, just an incredible effort uh, from him and, uh, and all the receivers. They, they I mean, they every everything had to be caught. 
there couldn't be a single mistake, and uh, and and they all Christian Kirk and company rose to the occasion. Let me make a point about Christian Kirk. You guys, the media that covers the team. I mean, the the the, the media reporters that are there all the time. You and me are certainly represent our station there. But but of the people that are there covering the team on on a regular basis, the ten, twelve, however many do it, I, I don't know, or more, whatever. You guys voted him the most media friendly. The good guy the, award. The good guy award. Okay. Well, let me tell you something about that. You voted him because he's accommodating, he's easy to talk to, he gives you what you need, he's, he's just a good, respectful, calming guy. Well, if you won that award from the media, people go, how does that matter? Well, not one, it does matter. But that means you're probably that guy in the locker room, too. The, the guy that you guys all saw, that we all see, when the doors are shut is the same guy, which means when you're two and six or three and seven, he's the calming influence. When your quarterback throws a few interceptions, he's the calming influence. When Zay Jones played played injured that one time and dropped all the passes after the big game, he's a calming influence. That's that cannot be measured. But the fact that you guys voted him that tells you what how much how much more is he doing with his players and with his coaches and with his team with a young team that we don't even see. He wouldn't just be good guy to you guys and not help. You know what I mean? Sure. It, it, it's evident that that's who that guy is. And um, what a good Jaguar. Absolutely. And to further extend your point, Evan Ingram finished second. Zay Jones finished third. How about that? And, and, and boy, boy, those – and I will tell you this. Christian Kirk is everything I thought he'd be. Zay Jones is better than I thought he'd be. Evan Ingram, he's one of the best tight ends in the league because he's fast. I mean, he, he's, he's one I, – I, we've said this a bunch of times. I don't care what it takes to tag him. I don't care who you can't resign because you tagged him. But if you don't get a deal done, you, obviously you'd rather get the deal done so you can amortize the dollars. If you tag him, the dollars all go to one year, which means you can't keep other guys. But I don't care. Do you, do you, I mean, well, hopefully they can just come to an agreement. Well, that's that, right. That, that's the hope. And, but, and I would if, think that there's a good chance of that. I, I mean, do too. He wants to be here. Yeah. I, I can tell you, I talked to enough people down there that say that he, it's clear he's found his place. He's found his coach. He's found his quarterback. He likes living here. Yeah. It, it's clear he wants to be here. And look, I mean, now – this isn't a, well, I need to go somewhere else to win. I mean, Jacksonville is now a place where you can ring chase. Yeah. I mean, you've got a 23-year-old quarterback. You've got a head coach that's won a Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, that's right. You will have veterans that are looking to get to Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah, that, that's right. So, and, and, and one that's already seen it certainly will. We'll take a break. When we come back, you're going to hear later on in the program from uh, Brandon Sheriff and Luke Ford. When we come back, I want to talk about some keys. I want to stay in the Charger game. Keys to why they won the game. And three or four things that happened. I already told you about the num the the main one, uh, the T formation sweep, which uh, I'm sure the the Browns and the Packers ran in the 1952 championship game or whatever the hell, but I'm not sure it's been run since. And uh, what a wonderful play call it was. That and a whole lot more coming up. Stay with us. They run the ball with ETN tries to get the quarter. He does. 35, 30, 25. He is going to get wrestled to the ground at the 15 yard line. What a play call! It looked like the old T formation. And they handed it to ETN. He got it to the 16-yard line. It's a Best Bet Monday on The Frangie Show with fantastic locations in Jacksonville, Orange Park, and now in St. Augustine. It's Best Bet. I was just amazed watching it. They ran the T formation for a 20-some-yard run. I have never seen that formation. I had no idea what it was. I'm so impressed that you did. Hayes, did you have any idea? No, I had, I figured oh. he made up T for me. <laughs> no, no. Well, because you guys are not ancient, okay? You got to be kind of. I mean, I mean, I'm only half joking about this. Understand this: how old it was. They never used it when I watched football, okay? I, when I was a kid growing, I was born in '58, 
I, I started paying attention in late 60s, I guess, where I, you know, when I was 9 or 10, 8, 9 or 10. And I never saw it. But I saw those old, you know, the old highlights I'm talking about, where they had no face mask and the quarterbacks were number 60, Otto Graham and Y.A. Tittle, all those guys that you just heard about. Well, I remember. So it's like 75 years old is what you're saying. I, I would the say, I, and I, you'd see it. They'd run the T formation. They'd run us. And I, but I, I can tell you, I never saw it as a kid growing up watching the NFL in, in the 60s or 70s. I never saw it. It was before that. But I remember what I was They just ran the T formation. It was fantastic. So and it wasn't, I heard some people say the wing T. It was not the wing T. You know the wing T. Mm-hmm. You've seen that. There's one running back and two slots. That wasn't that. You, if you've seen the yeah, wing T. Yeah, it was a perfect T. I mean, it was yeah. a T formation. It was a T. It was a T. So, uh, all right. So that I thought that was a marvelous play call. Um, I think they started, t- I think what they did is they started taking advantage of their matchups. The Chargers went away from some man. The other thing the Jags had to do, and both guys in my booth called it, and they were dead right, they had to take some shots down the field. Didn't have to hit them, but they had to take some shots down the field because Asante Samuel was sitting. Both cornerbacks were just sitting on 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 underneath routes. And so they read right to the fact that the Jags weren't going down the field. So I thought the Jags had to go down the field some. The other thing they did is they continued to run the ball. They continued to run the ball even down. I thought they ran more than I expected them to, and I thought ETN did a really good job. How many times did he get hit near the line of scrimmage and turn it into a four, five, six-yard run? I thought that was a very, very big part of it. And the other thing is, give that Jaguar defense some credit. Slowly but surely, the pass rush picked up. Did you notice that? Mm -hmm. Slowly but surely. Say what you want. The reality is, after after getting off to a 27 to nothing lead, some of which the Jags helped them with. Remember now, when it was 27 to nothing, the Chargers had three scoring drives of 18 yards or less. You realize that? So that that's self-inflicted. It's three scoring drives of 18 yards or less. So once that stopped, the defense shut them down. I mean, if you play a team, you play Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen and Gerald Everett, who's I had no idea he was that good. He's good. He, he's like Ingram. He's a really good tight end. By the way, that's the it. Also helps when you don't catch the ball and they yeah, give you credit for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, well, good point. <laughs> but he is a good player. Yeah. So, but, but I asked you last week, does Eric, does Everett scare you? Yeah, and he's good. Yeah. And, but but I, but nonetheless, when you have when you have Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen and Gerald Everett and the last thirty four minutes of the game, you get three points. You, the other defense has done a good job. Yes, he missed Allen, who was open one time. I saw it. Yes, they missed a field goal. But for the most part, when you shut them down that much, Hayes, that means your defense is – do not do not overlook what that defense did from about five minutes left in the half to the end of the game. No doubt about it. And it was also a, a really I, – I thought, like, how do you justify this game plan uh, from the Chargers? How, how in the world, in a game that you had a 27 nothing lead in, do you end up throwing 43 passes and running it 23 times? That just, I mean, you're begging, begging to let your opponent back in. And uh, it, it was remarkable. I, I can't remember which Chargers reporter tweeted this, so I apologize. But uh, once the Chargers went up 27 nothing, they ran 33 offensive plays. 25 of them were passes. Why would you do that? I mean, why in a million years would that be your approach? Uh, because if you can just cut out one possession by running it a little bit, let alone if you could cut out maybe two or three and really end the game, 
Uh, and and I, it just it was inexplicable. I, I get it. Justin Herbert's a great player, and 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 he certainly didn't execute great. But why would you even put yourself? It's not like you don't have a decent running back. I mean, Eckler's not like a twelve hundred yard rusher, but he's competent. That when you're up twenty seven nothing, he should get the ball. You would think more than thirteen times, and was running it pretty well early. Or have uh, Herbert start to carry it a little bit more, too, because that scramble in the yeah. second half, I thought, okay, now they've figured this out. Absolutely. It just, uh, I mean, it was it was just hard to justify why this would be how you would call this game from a Chargers perspective once you had a four-possession lead. I think a few key players defensively, Roy Robertson-Harris played a huge game. Best game I've ever seen him play. I mean, the, the, I, I, yes. called his, I called his name yep. more than I've ever said his name. I, I can promise you that. And I think Trayvon Walker, it, without Trayvon Walker, I don't think the Jaguars, he had a ton of pressure. They sent Trey Herndon on a blitz one time. He was in Herbert's face. Rayshon Jenkins tipped a ball at one point in time. The defense, to your point, Frank, if they allowed those short yardage or those short fields all into touchdowns, which – some defenses do when your yeah, when your offense turns it over, you kind of throw your hands up, and then you allow those touchdowns instead of at least forcing some field goals. I thought that was huge. And then offensively, we talked about the receivers. Marvin Jones, that fourth down conversion in the second half, the Jaguars don't win without plays like that, the Evan Ingram catch, uh, and obviously the ETN fourth and one. I thought on the third down, that might have been the Jaguars losing the game when they threw it on third down. That surprised me. That surprised me, the third down this pass. But, but you know what? Doug knows what he's doing. You know who's a badass? Walker Little's a badass. Walker Little. Go back and watch his tape. I know Khalil Mack's not the Khalil Mack of five years ago, but he's still pretty damn good. Walker Little swallowed him. Did that shock you? Walker Little totally manhandled Khalil Mack. Yeah, it, I, I was surprised at how well Walker, Walker Little played, and it's, it's a great sign moving forward for the Jaguars, obviously not just in, in the present, uh, and, and he'll be a real key this week when we start to turn our attention to the divisional game because now you're going into Arrowhead. He didn't play uh, in the first game offensively. He played five snaps on special teams in the loss to the Chiefs. So it's going to be a massive challenge this week from an environment standpoint. But, yeah, he, he rose the occasion, did an outstanding job. And, you know, that was the one one of the few areas in training camp where you could tell the Jaguars at least had depth. Almost no team has swing tackle depth and the Jaguars because of all the resources that they've put into the tackle position to players on rookie contracts you know in the second round and a in a uh, older player on a second contract they had three good guys for two spots so when Cam Robinson was unfortunately lost for the season Walker Little was able to step in and he's played at a high level zero pressures on 55 dropbacks. Walker Little allowed zero pressures zero. on 55 dropbacks according and I, to Pro Football. And he, I mean, he was a badass now. And, uh, and I heard Baselli say something on, on, with Jeff and Dan today on the drill that made a lot of sense. He's getting a little edge to him. He's finishing guys. That's what Baselli did. Baselli didn't just block you. He'd finish you. You know, the great tackles will do that. He, he, he made the point, and I didn't notice that as much, but I'm going to go back and watch uh, that the Walker Little, I mean, he – I mean. Man, if he's that, if he's as good as he was that game, you're right. I mean, that, that you can't you can't have too many good offensive linemen. And by the way, offensive linemen find their way into starting lineups more than any other position. So if they re-sign Juwan Taylor, and I'm convinced they're going to, I know they want to. They've got Cam. They've got Walker Little. Somehow, some way, they're all going to play. You say, well, who's the guard? I, I don't know. It doesn't matter yet, you know. But I'm just telling you, at some point, uh, that's the way offensive lines go. Is your best five are going to play? 
That, that's, that's how you do it. So And we saw the Chargers go down to their third offensive lineman. In, I mean, third left tackle in that yeah, game. Yeah, so, you know, who's the kid from Georgia is good. Mm-hmm. Salyer. Salyer, the one that got hurt. He's good. I mean, he, I mean he's, he's, he, I mean, he's like, I, I, didn't, he's I, huge. Didn't, I didn't remember him as much at Georgia. A, a kid that played at Georgia recently <laughs> is a good NFL well, player. Well, here's what's so funny about it. Here's what's so funny about that. They had so many of them. Some of you didn't yeah, notice. He, yeah, he, if, if he'd he have been anywhere else, if he'd have been anywhere lost, else, yeah. he'd have been wow, the best player to come out of Auburn in years. Well, but Georgia, you don't even know he's there. That's how many good players Six, they have. Six three three twenty one. And he was a guard at Georgia. Yeah, and they played him at left tackle in the National Football League, and he's been damn good. Because Rashawn Slater got hurt when the really Jaguars good. played the Chargers yeah. in Week Three, and he was out yeah. for the season. And Slater's really good. well. He's out for the season now. Right. He, yeah. he could have come he back. He would have played next yeah. week. He would have yeah. play, played The season's next... over, so he's up for the season. Yeah, yeah so, but, <laughs> but he's really good. And again, the Mike Williams decision. Yep. Don't, I mean, I hate to say it, yes. you know, but if they have Mike Williams, yeah. they probably do something in that second half as with him. As close as that game was. That puts the game yeah, away. One more play, yeah. So, uh, but, uh, but what a win. What a great win. What a team win. Uh, Walker beat the Lil- refs, too. Well, yeah, really. <laughs> oh, yeah, and, I, and I'm, okay, I'll get to that. I think... There's got to be a directive to call less because they're usually, whether you like it or not, if it's even maybe pass interference, it gets called. Downfield, if it's even maybe. This time, there were clear pass interferences that weren't called I, and I, for the whole game. And I know if you're the Chargers, you're thinking that Juwan kept false starting. I don't think he was. Did you go back and watch it close? Did you guys think he was false starting? It's, you think it's, he had a it's time? amazing. It's like he's done this his whole career. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's odd because yeah. it does appear like he is early, two or three times, but it never gets called. Yeah, but I, I but I think if you go back and really watch it, he's just got it timed up about right. I, I do. So uh, I think the officials were under a directive not to call stuff. I will say this: I'm glad it happened because it helped the cause. They shouldn't. I, they shouldn't have thrown both sides of the game. He's, he's got to be more. I don't think didn't. he got ejected. Yeah. Oh, oh, he didn't get he ejected. Didn't get okay. He returned. Yeah, yeah, you have to oh, have did, did your him. second unsportsmanlike conduct, or both of them, I guess, against an opponent or a ref. Okay, so and his wasn't. But okay, well, that's fine, he did man. have that one. Uh, what was it? He lined up offsides in the neutral zone, and that was a huge play because yeah. they had sacked Trevor, Trevor sacked. by yeah, Callahan. Yeah. yeah, Callahan had sacked Trevor. Yeah. So, but but anyway, the bottom line is officials were well, bad for both teams. Be prepared. Because yeah. it's only going to be worse in Arrowhead <laughs> on call. Saturday. Really? You don't think we're actually going to get calls in Arrowhead? <laughs> Guess how many penalties were called on the Chiefs in the first meeting? How many? Zero. Zero, yeah. That's right. They didn't have a penalty, did they? Yeah. Huh. Good point. Well, we'll get to the Chiefs game in a bit. Uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about the NFL weekend that was. Crazy weekend. Great games. Yeah, Great games in the National Football League. That's coming up. Stay with us. Time for another Monday Rewind. The football weekend sounded like this. They fake the toss. They roll Purdy to the left. Purdy going to throw back middle. Wide open Debo Samuel. Down the sideline. 50, 40, Debo 30, Debo 20, Debo 10, Debo touchdown! San Francisco! Allen looking to run. Now going to fire to Knox! Touchdown, Buffalo! Somebody get the fire extinguisher! Dawson Knox is as hot as a firecracker! Five touchdowns in five straight games! Toss left for Barkley, gets a block. Barkley to the 25, Barkley to the left sideline, to the 10, to the 5. Touchdown, Giants! Saquon Barkley on a 28-yard burst. Right around Huntley, he reaches. Oh, that ball's out, that's line! Back the other way, Sam Hubbard! The Cincinnati kid! Chased by Andrews at the 30, the 20, 
run the ball with ETN, tries to get the corner, he does! 35, 30, 25! He is gonna get wrestled to the ground at the 15-yard line! What a play call! It looked like the old T formation, and they handed it to ETN. He got it to the 16-yard line! Cook puts it down. Patterson's kick is up. The field goal is good! 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 The Jaguars have won it! The Jaguars have won it! They have come back from 27-0 to win the game! and move on! How good is that? Oh, I just love it. And the sounds of the game tomorrow night, uh, assuming they have enough time <laughs> to put all of that together by tomorrow night is going to be sensational. We finished, of course, with Frank Fringy's calls. And I believe Jeff Lagerman giggling. He, uh, he was, was that Lagerman? Yeah. yeah, okay, that's what I thought. Uh, we started with Greg Papa on 49ers radio, then Chris Brown, Bills radio, Bob Papa, Giants radio, and yes, Greg Papa and Bob Papa are brothers and Mike Tirico on the Bengals call on NBC as the Bengals won that game over the Ravens. Great job, Gibby. I might have just had the greatest honor of my life. Did the greatest lip syncer of all time just lip sync me? Yes. Did you? <laughs> I know that call I, like the back of my I, hand. I just, had, I just had Lauren Brooks lips. It's now, you know what? I've reached every goal. Yeah. I don't know what to do now. I've reached it. Lauren Brooks, who lip syncs Garth and the Beatles, just lip synced me. So there uh, you go. That I did. I, I just, you know what? It's all, it's all downhill from here. I have watched the call many times. I love right. the video feed that they now do uh, towards the end of the game. I, I, like I said, I can't wait for sounds of the game. And like I recommended last week, Make sure you put it on the biggest screen you have yes. because I'm gonna it's do, going I didn't to do be. I haven't done that yet, but I'm doing. Oh, it's I'm going do it to be tomorrow. sensational. By the way, we had this conversation uh, for the last few weeks. You'd take Patrick Mahomes over Trevor Lawrence. You'd take Josh Allen over Trevor Lawrence. I said I'd take Trevor Lawrence over Josh Allen. Do you still feel that way? I would still. T I still think the two best quarterbacks in the league moving forward are Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Okay. But I will say, our guys gaining ground. Yeah. I, 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 there's not another quarterback in the league, including the Justin Herbert's good, by the way. I mean, mm -hmm. he's really good, but there's not another quarterback in the league that I would take moving forward other than Trevor, uh, over Trevor Lawrence, other than Mahomes and Josh Allen. And quite frankly, I might waver a little on Allen, but I mean, I mean, I had to think about Joe Burrow, you know, I, Joe Burrow was the one I had to think long and hard about Herbert. I gave a little thought to, um, but right now Mahomes and Allen still one and two for me. And, but not, I wouldn't take Jalen Hurts over him. I wouldn't take Herbert over him. Burrow's tough. Burrow's tough. But moving forward, I think he's going to be better than Burrow. I just do. What about you, Hayes? I got to say, I, I think you can make a case that if you were if you were talking about from this day forward. Which we are. I, I think you'd have to take Trevor. I, I think, I mean, he's 23, and look what he just did. I, you're going to have bad games. I mean, none of these guys are perfect. I, I, I've never seen anybody have the kind of game Trevor Lawrence had. You've got to be just beyond great. Great doesn't even define it. You've got to be spectacularly gifted mentally from a toughness standpoint to do what he did the other night, to throw four picks and then come back and be 24-31 for 258 yards with four touchdowns and no picks? How about that? He had a passer rating of 0.0, .0 for a large part of this game. I have never seen that. Dude, read that again. The number after the last pick, after 27 nothing. give me his numbers again. He was 24-31 of 31 for 258 yards, four touchdowns, and no picks. How about that? It's it's unbelievable. So once he, once And he, I've never seen any of these other guys do that. I mean, I'm not saying that they haven't had yeah. – 
you know, in-game adversity that they've yeah. overcome. But no one's ever done this. Yeah, I would. What he did the other night is is. Yeah. I mean, it it is it is kind of yeah. like Jordan esque. I mean, it's just something that you don't see yeah. happen. I don't know that the day's going to come when I would take him over Patrick Mahomes for me because I think Patrick Mahomes might be Jordan. Now he's got to get a few more rings before I feel that way. I think Patrick Mahomes is that good, but he could pass Josh Allen for me. He's the only other one for me. Sixteen picks through this weekend's game for Josh Allen, as well as 13 fumbles. Yeah. It's a how, lot of giveaways. And Mahomes is how old? 27? Josh Allen has 16 picks this year? Yes, yeah. including the two this past weekend. Okay, so he had 14 in the regular season. Correct. Oh, wow. I don't know. But maybe I'm wrong. Patrick Mahomes is 27 years old. See, to me, I'd rather have Trevor in the four years. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. I, you know you what? Know. That's a good argument. That's a, that's, I hear you. Great point. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm now, sure y'all were like most Jaguars fans on the edgier seat between the Dolphins and the Bills I, game. I'm telling you, at one point, I'm thinking, I, I, we, my, my wife and I went to breakfast, and it was a late breakfast. We're sitting, we, so we, we I think everybody slept in Sunday yeah, morning. Yeah, yeah, I really slept in. <laughs> again, again, I had, what I did is I had a few beers at the game. Few, few, few beers during? after the game. <laughs> <laughs> Not during. No, I, no, I was doing whiskey during. No, yeah, no, I had a few beers after the game, and I uh, had, had a Bud Heavy to go with my two Bud Lights. Um, but I don't, I'm, I'm going to get in the car and drive, so I'm not going to drink very many beers. I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm never going to get and drink very many beers to get in the car. So when I get home. And was there pizza too this time? Nope. Just a few beers. Dang. But when I get home, put the keys away, went out to the cooler. Might've had a few at home though. Very nice. I, I might've had, deserved them. I might've had, I'm, I'm, I probably, uh, I took the limit off once I'm, once I'm home and the keys are put away. And so I, um, um, but I, uh, so, so, so slept in. And we were out a little bit later on Saturday morning or Sunday morning. So the game had started by the time we got home. And so then I was kind of watching it. We're doing some stuff around the house. And I keep watching. I keep watching. I'm like, huh. Huh. They might win. Did you go? I mean, it, 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 a period, did you think they might win? I thought they might win. I, mean, I thought the Dolphins might win. Absolutely. And I think, huh. And then, and you know, no matter, you know, the, the Ravens are always a tough out because they're the Ravens. Even, no matter who's playing quarterback, when the, nobody nobody in that division likes each other, they're they're all tough, they're all physical. You know, you, you knew it wasn't going to be easy for the Bengals. It's just when you're playing the Ravens, it's not easy. I, I don't care if Hayes Carline's playing quarterback; it's not easy against the Ravens because there's a toughness to them. So I'm thinking, and it's, now Suzanne's now locked in. She doesn't want she now she's because she wanted me to be home. She wanted a home game. So so she's like, so if the Dolphins win. You might be home. I said, yes. If the Dolphins win and the Ravens win, so we were locked in, locked in, locked in, and they couldn't get the damn ball snapped before the delay of game. But I'm thinking, I thought they were – yes, I was on the edge of my seat. They're playing with Skylar Thompson against Josh Allen on the road and almost won the game. Had rallied from 17 down. Yes, yes. I mean, yeah, it was, it was incredible. I, I absolutely thought the Dolphins – uh, had a chance, and it was unfortunate that that neither uh, Cinderella came through for us, uh, because it's a tough path. I mean, you've now got to go beat Mahomes and Arrowhead, and turn around and either go beat Josh Allen in Buffalo, or Joe Burrow in Cincinnati uh, before you get to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, the path is incredibly difficult. It would have been great if if Miami and, and Baltimore had provided that assistance, but um, you know, it's uh, you just gotta you gotta go do it. Just take it one play at a time. Absolutely, you do. And Hayes, you were correct. The Jake, the Giants beat the Vikings. Yeah, the 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 Vikings are 
they were a, a team that it was it was hard to buy into the record. And I, I get the Bill Parcells you are, which your record says you are. But there's exceptions to that. There are exceptions. And, and the to Vikings that. were that exception. They just weren't a particularly strong team throughout. They got routed way too often to be really a dominant team. Again, they were 13 and four. I last week I was saying they had a positive net, mm-hmm. you know, point differential. That's actually incorrect. A 13 and four team had a minus three point differential, which is almost like that staggering. Seems impossible. Right. And yeah. so the, it was, uh, you know, it, it just, it just felt like the Vikings were kind of frauds and, I don't think the Giants will give Philadelphia much uh, of of resistance, but I did like the Giants against the Vikings. Yeah. So um. So yeah. So and then last night's game, same thing, Lauren. I'm watching. I'm thinking, Raiders might win this game. It didn't matter as much last night because last night we're still getting on a plane. It just yep. it just it just, we were just weren't sure what locale, but uh, but I mean I, it was it was crazy. How, it, and I guess that's the league. You know, now the two best teams didn't play. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I do sense the reason it's so good. I'm glad we expanded the playoffs, but I think the reason it's so good is because the parity's greater than ever. Yeah, I'm not sure if the Eagles are better than the 49ers as we sit here today. Well, they're good. 49ers are good. For but even watching that game in the in our broadcast booths for a while, it looked close. Mm-hmm. And boy, Brock Purdy might be good. Might I mean, be. He might be. He might be a really good player. I mean, he might. This might not be just a guy that had to go in there because Garoppolo. And Trey Lance weren't available. He might be I'm telling you, Hayes, he might be a good player. And, and I liked with Purdy, it wasn't on Trevor's level, but I, I appreciate the fact he didn't play particularly well in the first half, gathered himself, played very well in the second half. So again, you kind of thought, well, maybe, maybe this is the game that, you know, yeah. Brock Purdy's gonna, you know, let them down and, and Seattle's gonna upset them. And uh he really did and they've got great players, but Brock Purdy did a very nice job in the second half. He only completed eighteen of thirty passing but that was good for 332 yards so an average that's over 18 yards per pass wow, that's pretty good that's fun and <laughs> yeah. gun yeah, fun and, and gun numbers and and I'll yeah. say, and I'll say this you know poor Kirk Cousins he has become sort of at least on our program the poster child for okay player who starts in the league right he well, fair or not he's he's become he's starter mm-hmm. eh, okay okay starter he's become the the poster child for that now that I've said that Brock Purdy looks like he's headed for at least that doesn't he? I I would I think so. It, I, I, it's San Francisco is really going to have a fascinating decision to make. If uh, and again, I'll, the tournament, the rest of the tournament will really decide it. Um, but uh, but I mean, I, it's it's. I think all options are on the yeah, table. I do too for well, San Francisco. What if right he? Now. What if? What if they stay with him and he wins the Super Bowl? That's the thing. I How mean, what, you, I mean, what if he wins this? Brock Purdy leads you to the Super Bowl. This young guy. Do you, do you all come back next year and say, okay, uh, we're running off Garoppolo because Trey Lance is our starter because we drafted him? Right. You can't. I think, you'd have, no- I think you'd have to look at what Belichick did with the Patriots in 01 and say, look, you know, Bledsoe got hurt. We brought in this kid, Brady, that no one thought Sixth anything round pick. of. And he, once he showed he could do it and they won the title, they, they stuck with Brady. And they were handsomely rewarded for that. And, and by the way, he was a sixth-round pick. Right. Purdy's a seventh round pick. It's not that different. I mean, no, and I'm no. not saying we're no one's making him Tom Brady yet, but we're just right. saying there has been the hypothetical though yeah. is is if if the 49ers win the Super Bowl with Brock Purdy, I don't and 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 again he's playing pretty well. I don't know how you don't just say Brock Purdy's our starter going no. into next year, right. or if they make it to the Super Bowl, lose with the Jaguars, and still same decision on your hands. Yeah. Let's take a sneak peek 
the Chiefs game. Are you okay? Is it too early for that? Not at all. You want to, you want a sneak peek? I've already s- broken this thing down 87 <laughs> different ways. He doesn't sleep anymore. Uh, the Jags, uh, we're certainly going to talk more about the, the win that was. But let's just take a little peek ahead when we come back. Stay with us. It's an onside kick to start it. The Jags opened the game with an onside kick. Did they get it? Let's see if they did. It was well executed by Riley Patterson. I believe the Jags have it. No signal yet, but I believe they do. Yes, they do. Jaguar football, an onside kick to start the game. How about that? Good pull, Gib. How about that? Onside kick to start that Chiefs game. He's going to have something else for him. Yeah, I. Uh, it won't be that. Great pull because I had forgotten about that. Yeah, I, I, I remembered. I, I did. No points. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So, um, so the Chiefs are uh, nine points is the last thing I saw. It's dropped to eight and a half. Eight and a half. Okay. Um. So, so, and we'll do this throughout the week too, Hayes, but you and I will both be on the road on, um, well, you won't, you'll be here for most, most of Friday's show. Um, and Rick Ballou, our friend Rick Ballou is going to join in. I'll, I'll, I fly early that with the, with the team. So, um, Lauren, uh, Rick and Hayes will have the show for the first couple hours and Lauren and, and Rick will finish it up uh, on Friday. Um, so we'll do this later, but for now, so how do you characterize this game? It's not David and Goliath. That's not fair to the Jags. It's not David. This isn't David and Goliath. Yet, nine points is a bunch in this league. Um, how will the world see this game in your mind? I think the world will see it as it's, it's an elite team versus a team that hopes to one day be elite. David and Goliath? I, I think that's too strong because, again, people have seen what the Jaguars have done in the last month and a half and, and who they've beaten. I mean, again, they've beaten the Ravens, the Cowboys, the Titans, the Chargers. I They've done some good things. I uh, they beat the Jets on a you know a Thursday night national television window. So I, I don't think it'll be perceived as David versus Goliath, but I think it'll be I think it'll be perceived as this is certainly a game the, the Chiefs should win. But I don't know how anybody can say that the Jaguars aren't a dangerous team going into Arrowhead. They're in, incredibly hot. They're on this long winning streak. They have a quarterback that really seems to be reaching for superstardom, doing incredible things. Uh, and, and again, the, the Chiefs are – st- to me, the Chiefs still have to answer that they can play well in the tournament in this, in this kind of mold of what their roster is now without the speed of Hill. And, uh, and, and Mahomes has done a great job all year. It's different. They also are coming off the rest, which I think does – sometimes negatively impact teams. We saw both one seeds lost in, in last year's tournament. They, they were the only ones with the bye, Tennessee and Green Bay. And Cincinnati went to Nashville and beat the Titans. And uh, the Packers got knocked off by, I believe, the Rams, I think. Uh, no, San Francisco. Okay. San Francisco beat the Packers last year. So um, I, I think it's a game where obviously 90% of the world is going to pick Kansas City. But I do not think it'll be viewed as David versus Goliath and the, the Jaguars are going to have a one in a hundred chance of winning the game. I think I'll disagree a little bit. I do think nationally it's David versus Goliath because you've got a team that was the worst in the league the last two years running. And I think a lot of people think that the Jaguars kind of got lucky to beat the Titans and certainly had to have a miraculous event happen in the second half. And multiple miraculous events happen in the second half of Saturday night's game. So I do think nationally 
if you're not paying that close of attention to the Jaguars, you just think, well, yeah, Doug Peterson's doing a good job, but there's no chance they win this game. I mean, nine to start at nine and a half points, uh, that's a very large line, even if it's come down a little bit. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I think the Chiefs – and I think the Chiefs would be favored over anybody in the league, either conference. I think the Chiefs at Arrowhead would be – if the Bills were going in there, three and a half. Probably. Three and a half. If the Eagles were going in there, I know they're in the NFC, but for the sake mm-hmm. of the discussion, four. Yeah, probably three, three and a half. Okay, so I mean, so they're they're going to be favored. And that's and that's the next two teams. So I think they'd be favored over just about anybody that came in there. So so so, in fairness to the Jags, the most important key to this game is you got to score with them. They are going to score. The guy threw forty-one touchdowns. They are the Chiefs are going to score. And you have to score with them. That more than anything else, yeah, you want to affect him. You want to get him off his spot. You want to defend them. But they're going to score. That, to me, is without question point number one in the football game. And you have to stay in it for two and a half quarters. You can't look up and it's 27-7. If you're down 27 nothing to these guys' ball game, it didn't like last week. So you can't be down 24-7. But if somehow it's the third quarter and it's 24-21, it's 23-17, middle of the third quarter, well, I don't care how good the Chiefs are, then the home team gets tight. I don't care what – the team, the, the prohibitive favorite gets tight. I watched it in Denver in 1996. That was the same game. The only difference is they were like 17-point favorites, not 9-point favorites. But John Elway then is what Patrick Mahomes is now, a freak. Rifle arm, athletic, dynamic. Today's Mahomes was that day's Elway. Very similar. The Broncos were the best team. The Broncos were the top seed. The Broncos were at home. The Broncos couldn't fathom losing to the lowly Jaguars who came in there with no players anybody had even heard of. And the longer that thing stayed close, I was there, man. I was there. And back then, the media got to go down to the field last eight minutes. So I was there for most of the game. I mean, I was there for the whole game, but I was in the press box most of the game, and you could feel it. You could get around those Denver writers, not just Woody Page, all of them, and you could feel it, man. You could feel it turning. We got a little confident, and they looked nervous. When sports writers look nervous, you got something. Went down on the field, and when Mark made the long run and then the fade to Jimmy, Hayes, you could see every, every fan in that place, man. It was, oh, no. Where were you? You were born. What, you you're twenty. You were in college, maybe. I I was twenty. Yes, you're in college. Right? Yeah, you drunk were, out of my mind. Okay, <laughs> but you remember the game. Uh kind of. Okay, no. <laughs> I respect that. So you like literally were drunk that day. Oh, okay. without okay, out in my mind. The uh, you were you were fourteen. You probably don't remember. I don't remember it that well. I remember like watching it, but I don't remember the specifics. I, uh, I remember, and I was not drunk. <laughs> I remember, well, I, yeah, I, I no. Everyone told me you didn't start drinking until like fifteen. So I know, I just, but I'm, but I'm just telling you, you could feel it that game. You could feel that. Are you kidding me? This, is this really going to happen? Is this really happening? Is it really? I mean, f- for the their fans, the things that and I and we were down there on the field. The things they yelled and said to their own team, as we were on the field, was like nothing you've ever heard. So. Hang around in this game. Just hang around and see what happens. Isn't that kind of how you 
go about it if you're the Jags? I think so, and you've got to cut their possessions way down. It's what The Chiefs have only lost three games this year. Uh, what stands out in all three, they lost to Cincinnati uh, back in week 13, December 4th. That's their last loss. So they're on a hot streak as well. Uh, they lost at home. Their only loss in Arrowhead this year was to Buffalo in week six. And they lost at Indianapolis in week three. How? I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> but in all three of those games, what the opponent did is they stuck with the run. They never went away from it. They had pretty good success with it. Not great success. But in every game, they held the ball for a substantial margin more than the Chiefs. For instance, in the Cincinnati win over Kansas City, Kansas City only had eight possessions in that game. That's what you have to do. You have to try to hold them to about eight possessions. Just to put that in perspective, the Chargers had 13 the other night here. Right. So if you can keep Kansas City to about eight possessions, which is hard, and the way Cincinnati did it is they were the strong team early. They held the ball for 10 minutes. And holding the uh, ball is the thing, yeah. long drives. And 10 minutes in the first quarter, Cincinnati held the ball. So they got off to a good start in the game by getting the Chiefs a little nervous because they hadn't been able to settle in and find a groove. So I would expect Travis Etienne to get the ball a ton early on in this game uh, because, again, the, the, you're going to have to shorten this game. And uh, I think the Jaguars, I think there's a path to, to winning it, but you have to take what the Colts, the Bills, and the Bengals were able to do and in all of those games, they had the time of possession advantage over the Chiefs. I totally agree. Running the ball, you look at the stats, the Jaguars have to do that. In the first meeting, they only had 75 rushing yards. That's not going to get it done. The other thing, though, is the Jaguars finished with a plus five turnover differential. Obviously not, <laughs> didn't go well this past Saturday night, but they still won the game. But as far as the Chiefs minus, or plus, sorry, the Jaguars were plus five, the Chiefs were minus three. So if the Jaguars defense can get back to taking the ball away, then I think they stand a great chance. And then finally, Jaguars have to protect Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, they will. I mean, Mahomes will take chances. He did throw 12 yep. interceptions. So he, he's, he, his arm is so good that he'll always trust it. And I don't care how good you are. Sometimes if you trust your arm in wrong situations, that's not a good thing. So I think, he'll, I think he's always going to do that. I just uh, – we'll see. Um, you know, Clyde Edwards-Alaire was hurt much of the year, right? But – and maybe that's why Pacheco is is has blossomed, but he's good Pacheco now. I mean Isaiah Isaiah Pacheco is a really a guy that I had never heard of before this season. Is a really good player. He might be as good as Edward Zelaire ever was, honestly. And, and McKinnon is a nightmare uh, in the passing game. Right. I mean he's been playing his best football of the year and and played well in the win over the Jaguars. Had six catches for fifty six yards. Um, but uh, but it's caught nine touchdowns, which is just astonishing for a running back. So uh, it, it, they certainly they've got a lot of talent, but they I think they do have to prove that they can it, the the Chiefs this 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 Chiefs team has to prove that they can win in the tournament. It doesn't matter that the previous teams were able to do it. It's a new team, particularly at the receiver position. And while they've been able to navigate that very well in the regular season, that does not mean that when you get into the tournament, you're, that that's going to carry over. 
so it's 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 going to be, I think, a, a fun matchup. But I, I certainly don't view it as it's David versus Goliath. I would feel very differently if the Chiefs still had Tyreek Hill. He, to me, is is not just a game changer, but he's he's somebody that I don't know that the Jaguars match up well against. I'm not sure any team matches up well against him. But the fact they don't have him makes me feel better. And let's be honest. The Chiefs have the best tight end in the league, yep. one of the best to ever play. His numbers are stupid. Again, this year, 110 catches, 1,300 yards, 12 touchdowns, and the Jags have not defended tight ends well. Uh, Oconquo from the Titans, his young guy that really wore him out, Everett gave him problems the other night. Uh, I mean, if you look back at their recent games, they have not the – new, the new tight end is that really fast guy – that may be a good blocker, may not be, but can really run. Evan Ingram, um, Evan Ingram that's 6'3", 240. Now, Kelsey's taller than that. But that's the new guy in the league, and the Jags have struggled with him. And as good as Devin Lloyd's been as he's, as he's gotten better, he's not been great at covering tight ends, and that's what that linebacker's about got to do. And we saw one of the most frustrating plays, I think, of the Jaguar season was in the loss in Arrowhead, and Travis Kelsey, from like a play that is the line of scrimmage is like the six-yard line. Mm-hmm is literally wide open, waving his arms to Mahomes at like the two-yard line for an easy walk-in touchdown. That obviously can't happen. But to your point, one thing that I like about the Jaguars in this matchup, they're much more mentally tougher than they were then. When they went to Arrowhead, that game was two months ago. So when they, they've grown so much since they played at Kansas City, and I don't think – they, they I think they're going to have the realization of, look, the Chiefs are incredibly talented. Mahomes is going to do something. He's going to evade a sack and make a throw down the field that you, it, you just you can't allow yourself to get dejected over it. You've got to be able to move on. This team has done a remarkable job of being able to do that. And and when things go wrong, there's no finger pointing. It's just a a, a bunch of individuals asking themselves, "What can I do to be better?" And collectively. They, they have formed something that is, that is remarkable, and that will serve them well in this game because the Chiefs are going to throw haymakers. That Mahomes is, you're not going to hold Mahomes to 17-41 of 41 for 169 yards, one touchdown, three picks. They, that game is not in him. He, he, is, he, is, he is elevated beyond that. Even in the games the Chiefs have lost this year, Mahomes' numbers haven't been bad. Um, I mean, they haven't been superstar numbers, but they haven't been – they haven't, he hasn't been the reason they've lost. Uh, he's not going to play badly. So you have to go in knowing there's going to be moments where Arrowhead is going to be rocking off of something that Patrick Mahomes that has done that's been amazing. That's fine. You just, when you just have to answer by throwing your own body blows in the ground game on your next possession. All right, we'll talk more about that matchup as the, uh, as the uh, week goes along. When we come back, uh, a little college stuff I want to get to. Uh, also, uh, you may hear another interview or two from the Jaguar locker room. All that coming up. This is 1010XL at 92.5 FM. Always a best bet Monday. It is victory Monday around here. The Jaguars upset the Chargers Saturday night 31-30. to And we go back into the locker room. Hayes Carlin caught up with Jaguars right guard Brandon Sheriff. We're pleased to be joined with Jaguars right guard Brandon Sheriff here on 1010XL 92.5 FM. And congratulations. What a game tonight. I yeah, appreciate it. Thank you. What was it like just uh, battling back in the second half? What did you see out of Trevor? Uh, you know, resiliency, uh, you know, we obviously as an offense dug ourselves a hole and the defense did a great job and kept us in. And, uh, you know, we just uh, started clicking in the second in the second half. You know, we finished off the 
four-point second quarter with a touchdown, so that was a little confidence for us, and the defense did a heck of a job, and uh, I feel like uh, Trevor just he went to uh, – he just balled out and did a heck of a job for us. Been in this league a long time. Have you ever won a game where you were minus five in, in turnovers? Uh, never. This is the farthest I made in playoffs, too, so it's pretty cool. It's <laughs> awesome. What was the experience like for you tonight and the fans and, and how they stuck around? Yeah, you, uh, you know, uh, we were down, what, 27? So, uh, you know, they could they could have left, but they didn't. So they stuck in with us, and, uh, you know, they were uh, the huge factor for us in that, you know, third and fourth quarter. So uh, we appreciate them and couldn't have done it without them. You guys produced a 100-yard rusher. You gave Trevor lots of time to throw. How would you feel like the offensive line tonight played? Yeah, I thought we did a good job. Uh, you know, we can always watch film, and always uh, we can always do better. So it's always about... Uh, you know, trying to approve after uh, each and every game. So that's what we're going to do. The fourth and one call, the outside run to ETN, that was obviously spectacular. Uh, what, did you have a lot of confidence in that play call when it came in? And, and what were your thoughts when you saw ETN break it? Yeah, the coaches uh, did a great job at uh, installing that play. And they said, this is the look that we that we want to get against it. And, uh, you know, uh, we uh, we went we went for it. And, uh, you know, uh, we were on the ground, but we heard the crowd uh, erupting. So we knew something good happened. What's it been like just, you know, first year here and getting to know everybody, getting to know Doug? And, and to have so many amazing comebacks. I think this is the fifth time you guys have rallied from at least nine down in the second half. It just shows what kind of people we got here. You know, you're never, you're never going to give up no matter. Obviously, I think the biggest margin we had was, what, 17 points. Now it's 27 points. So, uh, you know, that's a, that's a huge confidence booster for us. Uh, you know, we're never out of it. So I would say uh, um, it's, it's been a wonderful time here. Um, I'm enjoying the heck out of my time here, and I'm just uh, excited for all of us in, in this locker room. And did you get a sense that they could feel the momentum swinging to you guys? Was there any of, any of that that you sensed out there in the second half? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Uh, but, you know, in the first quarter, second quarter, you know, obviously they had the momentum. So, um, you know, they were, uh, they, were they, they, they did a heck of a job. But uh, you, you could tell uh, something switched. And, you know, like I said, the defense did a heck of a job for us and, uh, you know, got us back on that field. And then uh, Trevor, we called on Trevor and he, uh, he answered. What was it like seeing Riley knock it through, and what was the celebration like in here? Uh, I really probably wasn't looking. I think I had my head down, <laughs> but I heard the crowd erupting, so I knew he made it. Uh, you know, anytime you can celebrate, uh, you know, you don't get many opportunities to, to play this game. So, uh, you know, any opportunity you get to celebrate with the guys in the locker room at a, after hard-fought victory is a, an amazing experience. Brandon Sheriff, thanks so much for your time. Congratulations. Thank you. Another uh, fantastic addition. I mean, again, Trent Balky and Doug Peterson, uh, th- this combo in year one. Uh, what a job. Uh, what a job identifying talent, free agency in the draft, bringing it in, molding it, developing it, and now you're in the Elite Eight and you're, you're going into a, an unbelievable environment uh, an unbelievable opportunity to take down Kansas City. Uh, Brandon Sheriff's a big part of that. He's, he's had a strong year. And uh, certainly it was fun catching up with him. The uh, switch to colleges for a moment. What a tragic story in Athens. Uh, a single car accident. You probably know by now. University of Georgia Office of Lyman Devin Willick and staff member Chandler LaCroix were both killed in an automobile accident. Four people were in the car, uh, but they both lost their life. It is a really, really tragic story. Scary story. Sad story. And it reminds you how precious life is. And it's so. And it would be sad on any campus, not just because it's Georgia's campus. But gosh, it's sad when you think about the fact that it happened right after celebrating such a joyous moment for Georgia. You know, it is, I don't know, these young, when something happens like that to someone young, it's not good when it happens to someone in their 40s or 50s either. But, boy, it rattles me when something happens to someone that young. Yeah, no doubt about it. Devastating, and, uh, you know, certainly it's just been 
so uh, so difficult. Uh, and you know, thoughts and prayers are, are with Georgia's football program, and it just uh, it's it's just it's tragic. It's you think of all the all the potential that those two young people had, and that'll never get realized now. Yeah, I think I always think about the families getting that phone call or that knock on the door in the middle of the night. And just what each of their families are, are going through and dealing with right now, certainly the football team and, and everyone who knew them, it it made me sick to my stomach when I saw that news this morning. Yeah, really, really sad. So prayers for, for the families involved for sure and the two we lost. Meanwhile, Alabama men's basketball player Darius Miles was charged with capital murder in connection with a Sunday morning shooting near campus that killed a 23-year-old woman. I mean, an active player on the team. Now, he's wow. not on the team anymore, obviously. Golly, isn't that a weird story? In- incredibly, uh, just uh, incredibly sad. And uh, it's obviously innocent until proven guilty. But, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with the case. But just a, a just horrible story. Horrible story there. And, and the, the, the shots were fired into a vehicle. Golly, scary story. So anyway, some 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 bad stories, no question about it. Yeah, I think it was after like a disagreement or something along those lines. Is that what it was? Mm-hmm. Golly, so, so so sad stories certainly in, in the uh, college realm. Good stuff in the college realm though too. It's certainly we're getting we're further along in the uh, the whole basketball season. Did you see where Kentucky beat Tennessee? Yes, I, I mean, did. I mean, I, I mean I. I never feel bad for Kentucky yeah. basketball. And Cinderella has <laughs> arrived. Yeah. It's the Kentucky but, Wildcats. But I mean, is Tennessee he, was ranked fifth in the country yeah, when Kentucky yeah. beat them. Is Cal in trouble? It's. I think it's pretty funny that there's a segment of the Kentucky fans that are hoping he goes to Texas. How about that? Cal that doesn't surprise me. That we always talk about, like jokingly, how awful Gator Nation is. That's how you know Mike White wanted to leave, and and certainly how it's difficult for the football coaches. Well, Kentucky basketball fans are a hundred percent the same way. Big Blue Nation. If their team's not top ten and going to the Final Four, I do think they want their coach's head. If I was a Kentucky basketball fan, I would say, look, you can't be consistent with one year players year in and year one duns year in and year out you're gonna have some years where you falter but they don't have patience speaking of mike white they're 13 and 4 and 3 and 1 you see that they're, they're, they won one game last year georgia won one game last year so he's done a good job I yeah. mean, and again now I, I i don't know who i know their non-conference wasn't a very tough schedule but they're 3 and 1 in the league and, and again i don't think they've played tennessee or alabama or they have beaten auburn but uh, he's done a good job. The Florida basketball team may be better than I thought. I, I, I'll give them credit. They're ten and seven now. They're what three and two in the league. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I watch them. I didn't watch much this weekend, but I, but I watched some highlights of it. I don't think they're very good, but they're tough. They play hard for him. You know, I they don't uh, give up. They, they, I mean, they they they're. A, it'll be interesting. I still don't think they're headed anywhere this year. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean. They were uh, down eleven, nothing to start the game. Yeah, le- that's le- how it began. That, that's all. That's by the way, that's what I saw. Yeah, I li- I literally watched. You know what I did, Hayes? I came on with you and Mia to, for the kickoff show. Watched watched the beginning of the game. Saw saw eleven to nothing, and that's about all I saw. And so, uh, did you watch it? I watched the first half, and then so the, I think they were tied at the half, and then I didn't get to see the second half, but. From everything I read, Will Richard hit four threes in Colin Castleton. Is that what it was? Yep, he hit four, had a, a season-high 18 points, led the team. And then Colin Castleton had his third double-double of the season. Without Castleton, I'm not sure they win many games, but he certainly has been playing really well. I, I just – I just maybe they're better. Not, maybe you're right. Maybe they're going to sneak in. 
Now again, nine and nine in the tournament still doesn't make them very good overall. Yeah, that's the thing. They're they're nine, they nine, had three. a huge week, you know, and and beating Missouri was was an exclamation point on that. Uh, they do have an, a win over Georgia, uh, and uh, and they're forty eighth in the net. So they've done a nice job. They've moved up about seventeen spots in the last week. Uh, so they're right on the fringe. Lenardi updated his bracketology today, and he's got them on not the first four out, but the next four out. Yeah, so there's still yeah. so many big games left for them. The the thing that yeah, they're hard to watch when I watch them, but maybe you know. Guess what they are in quad one games. They haven't won one. They're zero six. Yeah, I knew. I, I didn't. I knew they yeah. had won one. So the Missouri uh, win doesn't count. It's the not Missouri quad game doesn't one because yeah. it was in Gainesville. I knew they, had, so I knew they, they hadn't won yeah. one. Yeah. Um. But uh. So they're zero six there. So. But they're going to have a lot of opportunities to play those kind of games that can move you up. So, I, I mean, I, I think that they're rounding into form, and I think on Selection Sunday it'll be nervous, but I think they've got a good chance to get in. Oh, let's, take a break. let's get back to Jaguars football. Johnny O was here after a gigantic win the other night. The O's on his next. It's the O Show. Stay with us. Now it's time for the O Show with John Osher from Jaguars.com. Oh. 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 Johnny O's here. Johnny, what a game! I'm still kind of buzzing over that game, my man. Yeah, I don't know how you, I don't know how you're not. I mean, it's what's really striking, and I and I know everybody's talked this to death, so I'm coming in late. But they had had four unbelievable comebacks in a row. I know, and none of these were even in the ballpark. Right. It, <laughs> I mean, I mean, so, uh, it it was. I've covered great comebacks, and I don't know that. I mean. I, I covered some with the Colts that I would classify as more improbable. I covered the 03 game where they came back. They were down 21 points with, you know, four minutes to go in the game. Mathematically, that was a more improbable comeback than what happened the other night because the Jaguars did such a great job during their comeback that they were never actually behind the time, if you follow me. There was always time to do what they needed to do because they were playing so well offensively. They never needed a miracle drive or right. to make up time, especially once the Trevor Lawrence to Zay Jones pass happened, because that happened fast, so it, it really got time back on their side. That being said, the enormity of the moment, the enormity of being down 27, and when you combined with how bad it was for 27 minutes then how unbelievable it was for 33 I've never seen or covered anything like that because I'm not sure anybody has. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I am too. It was the greatest game I've ever covered by a, a, a wide margin. Was the Colts game, was that the Tampa game? Yeah. Uh, well, it, Monday nighter. And I say it because I was so familiar with it. It was when they went to Tampa on Monday night. Yeah. The Bucks were the defending champs and the Colts were just getting started. And the Colts first were game down, of the season. First, uh, first fourth game of the season. Oh, it was the fourth game. It was early but in the season. The Colts were down 35-14 with 3.38 to play or something. Yeah. I mean, it, it was yeah. a – but they had to have an onside kick. I remember they very well. They had to have well. things going their way, weird penalties. So they were almost gifted that in a sense. Um, they earned it. You know what I'm saying, though. There yeah. were things they had to have from the other team. Right. I never got the idea the Chargers made any fatal mistake to give Jags opportunity the other night, the Jaguars just continued to make huge plays. And they got the Jaguars got some breaks. There were a couple of penalties at key times that went their way uh, that helped down in distance and helped them get points. But for the most part, they just played unbelievably well for 33 minutes 
and took the game. I'm going to steal Frank's question. What were your emails like in the first half? Well, I knew this was coming. And, and <laughs> it, it was – and I usually make light of that question. But in this case, they were bad. Um, they were worse than I expected, and I guess it was because of the disappointment of the moment for the yeah. fans. <clears throat> because I got many, many emails saying, well, I knew Trevor wasn't really very good. Uh, I, got, I, got, I got a Trevor yeah. sucked email. I knew this team really wasn't as good as it could be. And I think even had they lost, I don't think that's fair. You don't win five in a row against, even if you consider the Texans the worst team in football, you don't beat the Texans five times around the NFL if you're not doing something right. So I didn't think that over the top, they're awful and we knew it was fair. But I also understand the emotions of the moment. And what's funny is, I'll bet if I got 20 of those, 19 of those emailers were right back in the fourth quarter. <laughs> I love this thing. And right. to their credit, many of them said, yeah, I was way over the top. <laughs> right. yeah, so, and that's it. what's fun about it. That's what's being a fan. John, you've covered football forever. You've covered the NFL for almost forever. Why was that team able to come back? What is, I mean, why, I mean – why did they how were they how and why were they able to come back well there's so many components but uh i think first um i'll get the i'll get the sort of cliche out of the way you know how we are frank is newspaper guys we don't really like talking about spirit yeah, and pride yeah. because every editor we ever had said i don't want to write i don't want to read that story that's no, a that, cliche that's right but for this team i don't think you can avoid it i you know it's real I talked to Evan Ingram after the game immediately because I, he's very insightful and I enjoy hearing what he has to say. And he was literally speechless for about 30 seconds. And, and so I kind of waited for him to talk. And he said, you know, all I can tell you, John, is at, when I caught the touchdown pass in, at the end of the first half, either before that or after that, I kind of told myself, looked at the scoreboard and said, you know what, I, no matter what happens, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play this thing out in the right way, whatever it is. I forget exactly how he said it, but you know what I'm getting at. I get it. And and he said, I looked around and realized at halftime that everybody was thinking that way. Um, That's unusual because in the moment, there's so much going on on NFL sideline that everything can get frayed. You're trying to get back in the game. You're trying to deal with an injury. But he said, everybody thought that same way. And then Foya Lua kind of at halftime brought everybody together. Trevor talked about it, and Evan talked about it when I was talking to him. And he said, that's when I realized everybody really believed that we could go win this. Well, that's kind of stupid because you can't mm. go win it. Right, <laughs> yeah. right, right. But I, I say that tongue-in-cheek. There was no reason they should have thought they could have won that game, except they did. Right. They believed it. So the, I think that belief is a key thing that, no matter how cliche it sounds, you can't overcome it. Doug, I don't think you can discount the ability of a head coach to stay calm in that moment and just keep riding the ship. And then the third element, there's many elements, but the third one that strikes you is um, Trevor's special. Yeah. I said on Jaguars drive time this morning, I thought it was more important and a um, bigger sign of what he's going to be. The way that game played out was a better sign than if he had had 158-3 quarterback rating and played perfectly from the start. Because – as an NFL quarterback, you're going to have awful moments. You're going to have stretches that are bad. Do you believe in yourself enough to not have those awful things? If he didn't, 
melt after that, when's he going to melt? So I think those things, without any of those things, I don't think they win. Yeah, I I completely agree on Trevor. And and I also think, does it, obviously he's got command of this team, but how much does it help a, a performance like that even getting players around the the league to pick up on his special quality and being a guy a, a, a player that other players say I want to play with that guy. Yeah, I think that's there. I I sometimes I think that can be a, a touch overrated because once you get to free agency, it's still usually going to be the money. It's it's still usually going to be those things, but I think that there are times that becomes a factor as players get older, they do want to come play with a guy. But I think even more than that, they believe the players that are on the team wholeheartedly believe that as long as he's in the game, they have a chance to win. And I can remember, again, I'll, I'll use a story from when I was covering uh, the Colts. I remember asking Marcus Pollard once, who's now with the Jags. I, I may have told this story before. Why is what Peyton does at the line of scrimmage. Keep a change everything at the line of scrimmage, remember? I said, why is that important? And Mark said, well, the reason it's important is you go to the line, and even when he checks into a bad play, you assume it's a good play. Because he did Because it. it's 18. Yeah. And I'll never forget that quote, and I think Trevor's, whatever that was the other night, he's also starting to get really good at the line of scrimmage. He checked with his A. Jones touchdown mm-hmm. when – the the read really wasn't there to do it, and all of a sudden it's a, it's an unbelievably open touchdown. He's starting to get that respect too. I think that is as important as what you're talking about, Hayes. John, as far as the T formation, did you know what that was when they lined up in it? Well, I knew it was the T formation, but um, you know, I, I I didn't I certainly didn't expect it, and I, I thought it spoke volumes of where this team is that uh, you've got that play to go to. I mean, they haven't shown it all year. And all of a sudden, in the biggest moment of the year, they have that play ready, uh, and the guts to call it. It, it was. Uh, I thought it was one of the most brilliant play calls I've ever seen. Yeah. Because, and here's why: because John, it wasn't. We've all seen Philly special throwback, flea flicker, hook and ladder. Most things people don't expect. The players at some point in their career or season have seen it. Mm-hmm. They haven't seen this because nobody uses it. Right. No, nobody lines up the old T formation and runs a sweep with one back running behind the other two backs. Nobody. That, right. that, the genius in that was you and I are the only two people around here old enough to remember it, okay? The, Hayes yeah. and Lauren have never seen it. I'm serious about that. And, Frank, think about this. I'm, I'm in no way discounting the Philly special. But if memory serves, there were 35 minutes left in that game. Yeah, right, right, right. If that doesn't work, you've got the Patriots. You know, you've got to have to make up for game's it. game's not over. This doesn't work. Games it. That's right. that's a that's a great point. And I and I, the genius of that's a great point. The genius of that play. Yeah. That uh, I mean, when I saw the formation, I'm thinking, like Hayes said, it looks like it's going to be one of these quarterback sneak, and everybody pushes the quarterback. That's what it was supposed to look like. Yeah. Right? And, and it looks like, and instead they run a. <laughs> a and it's sweep set out up of the brilliantly because Etn being the only back in the backfield, the Chargers threw safeties over to his side. Yeah. So all of a sudden, when you slam-blocked, I don't know a technical word for it, when you slam-blocked the line of scrimmage and Zay broke down, there's one guy one-on-one with Travis. Wow. Well, you know, if you had said to anybody before the season, you've got Travis one-on-one with a defensive back with your season on the line, you take it. 
And it was Asante was- Samuel Jr., John. I watched a video. The Jaguars used the same, <laughs> not formation, but personnel against the Chargers in week three. And they made sure that it was James Robinson going up against Asante Samuel Jr. And Asante couldn't tackle James Robinson. So they were convinced Asante going up against Travis Etienne couldn't tackle him. Final thing, because this, and this will segue to our final thing for this segment. This will segue to us talk about the Chiefs next segment. But you're around them. What kind of confidence do they have now? This almost certain confidence that they can play with anybody. I mean, you know what I mean? I, I don't know what the yeah. word, I don't know if confidence is the word, but I, I you, if it may be David and Goliath, but they're not getting on that plane feeling like David. Well, I, that, is, is that, does the question make sense? I yeah, mean, there's a, it does. I think they're, I think they're confident they can uh, play with anybody. They're certainly confident if they're down 14, they have a, you know, a body of work to show yeah. they can do it. And just even with, even beyond this team, I was thinking about this driving over. Teams that win a bunch of games in a row, even if they're perceived as the David and the David and Goliath, they're tough to beat. Yes. It's sort of like guys who run for a lot of yards in college, a lot of times run for a lot of yards in the NFL because they're used to doing it. I think there's a little bit of that. In the playoffs, when you've won six in a row going in, it really doesn't matter what your record is. They're going to be a tough out, and I'm sure that's what Andy Reid's telling these guys – in Kansas City. Look, they're used to winning, fellas. We'll take a break. We'll talk about Jags and Chiefs after this. Stay with us. Cook puts it down. Patterson's kick is up. The field goal is good! 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 The Jaguars have won it! The Jaguars have won it! They have come back from 27-0 to win the game and move on! How good is that? All right, Jaguars move on to play the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, second segment of the O Show here. John Osher from Jaguars.com. Everyone wants to know if it feels like 96. I was there. I was I was in I was in Buffalo, Denver, like you were. Um, I do think that Elway was this Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Dynamic, rifle arm, athletic, uh, very dynamic playing style. I think Den- Denver was the best team that year in the league. I think Kansas City's the best team this year. Are there? Do you agree with the similarities? Yeah, I mean, I, I would. I like Philadelphia an awful lot when Hertz is playing, but to your point, yeah. it's it's uh, splitting hairs. They're the number one seed. Uh, they might be even tougher than Denver was back then, because that was Denver's first time uh, going in as a favorite. So I, I always thought there was maybe a little something with that that they Elway had been there before, but the team right. that team really was sort of new to that top seed. This Chiefs team is used to this. Yeah. I mean, they are the favorite not only this year, but they're the favorite based on everything they've done for well, they've they've hosted the last four AFC championship games, I think. Right. So that makes it a tougher task, I think, because there's really nothing that's gonna throw them off, you wouldn't you wouldn't think. Um but it's it's very similar. I think I think the difference is uh this team has up until the playoffs beat more good teams than that Jaguars 96 team did in the 96 run. The 96 run had uh teams that beat the Ravens twice, the Bengals uh that weren't really involved with the Seahawks during that run may have been the closest thing they played to a contender. Jaguars beat 
the Ravens and the Cowboys during that, who are playoff teams. So the people who were saying they hadn't earned their way there, I, I didn't get that when analyzing this team. Um, the main difference is the 96 team until the last game of the season didn't need quite the miracles. They came back on the Ravens uh, during that run, but this team has needed five home games where they've come from 17, 17, 9, 10, and 27 down. I, you know, I don't know how you explain that, except what we've been talking about. So, But the overall thing of your, of your point is it absolutely feels like that because of, of the energy in the stadium the the feeling back then in 96 was not only were they doing something now, but you felt like the team was coming together and was going to be good. It was Correct. the start of something. It felt sustainable even then. This feels like that, and it's not a knock on Mark Brunell, but this feels like that with a franchise quarterback at a time when that means everything. Yeah, no doubt about it. It, it also – it doesn't feel like there's an enormous amount of pressure on the Chiefs. There's pressure because they're the favorite, uh, and there's an expectation to win. Um, but they won the Super Bowl in 2019. The last two years, they've been they've won two games in the playoffs before getting eliminated. Mahomes is so young, so it it, it doesn't seem like the Chiefs will press or anything like that. It seems if the Jaguars could win the game, but I don't. The Jaguars are going to have to just play the best game. Right. I, I don't think they're going to catch a bad game from Kansas yeah. City, do you? No, I, I don't. But I, I also think the Chiefs have shown – what's the right way to say it? Like last year when they lost to Cincy. Um, you know, they probably shouldn't have lost that game according to the seeding, according right. to everything going in. And yet, once the Bengals got there and once they got into the Chiefs and sort of landed some body blows, if you will – in the second half of that game, you didn't feel like the Bengals were fighting uphill. You felt like the Chiefs didn't have some answers. Well, I think the Jaguars need to get that, get a lead, get up, uh, hit them quick. Um, look, right now, when Trevor's playing well, somebody asked me about this yesterday. What does he have to do to reach that upper echelon? You know, all that. He's not there because he hasn't done it enough. But there's no quarterback in the league better than what he was in the second half the other night. When he's playing well, when he hits that, he's, he's, he's as good as anybody. So that gives this team a chance. I think it's going to be another important matchup for Walker Little and Juwan Taylor. Is that how you see it? Yeah, I mean, at this point, every game for those guys is. But I, I don't worry about that. Those guys, if they handled it as well as they did the other night, I don't know that they're going to get a a tougher on-field matchup. When I say on-field, the fact that they're on the road in Kansas City makes pass blocking inherently tougher because of the crowd noise, the momentum, the energy. Um, but Walker Little has, has been everything expected when he was drafted, and they now basically have three tackles on the roster who can really play. Yeah, I thought, I thought Walker Little was fantastic. Yeah. The other day. I, I really did. I think you're right about you gotta you gotta you gotta gotta get score with them. I think you have to do that. I, I think the key to this game is don't get down twenty four seven. Because twenty seven nothing, these guys you're losing. Right. You're not coming back. Well it it and not not to interrupt you, but the overriding theme of that first Chiefs game 
that people didn't want to hear at the time because they were in the middle of, of well, they had won, but they were still, they had lost five in a row, beating the Raiders, and right. lost the Chiefs, so same old Jags. They had the ball four times on the other side of the 50 in the first half on possessions they didn't score. Right. Well, if the, you know, you score 10 points on those, different game. You just can't let your opportunities go by the board. Yeah, I think, John, my goal, if I was the Jags, you can't have 24-7. You can have 24-21 in the third. You can have 24-17 in the third. I think early fourth quarter, if it's a game, mm-hmm. that really benefits Jacksonville because I don't care how good you are. You're the veteran team. in The, the line's nine. But in the lines of Kansas City medium fans, the line's 29. Mm-hmm. Everybody's convinced there that they're not going to lose to these Jaguars. Everybody. Everybody's convinced the Jaguars almost lost to the Chargers. The Jaguars almost lost to them. The Jaguars almost lost to them. I think that's going to be the narrative. So all of a sudden, you look up in the fourth quarter, and these lowly Jaguars are either ahead of you or right with you. I think even a veteran team like the Chiefs get tight. Well, they get tight, and the reality sets in of uh... – it's 24-21 at the end of the fourth quarter. I mean, it, it, at the end of the third quarter, now all of a sudden, unlike yesterday when teams were playing with deficiencies at quarterback in that situation, right. now you've got a Jaguars team that has shown time and time again that when they need points, Trevor Lawrence is very, very dangerous in the fourth quarter. That's a great point. You're not It's not the underdog that's close that has either Hundley or Skylar Thompson playing. It's the underdog that has this year's Joe Burrow. That's right. The underdog was the underdog. That's a great point. What concerns you the most about Kansas City's defense? Um, I actually haven't done a deep dive into them. Mainly what Lauren talked about, the fact that when they are up, if they feel like the crowd is behind them, they can really create pressure on the quarterback, especially out there. Uh, That felt like a thing in the first game, from what I recall. You got down, you were down 10 points, and you were playing up uphill against a team in a situation that thrives on that. They're not a great defense, but when they have a lead, they were built to close games out. They were built that when they're up 10 to get a turnover and make you and be up 17, then the game's over. They're a little, my sense in watching them and covering them out there that day. They're a little like the Colts teams I covered. They were built to get a lead and then close the door with Freeney and Mathis. I don't think they have a Freeney and Mathis, but that's what they like to do. I'm going to try and speak this into existence, John Harrison. Butker has missed six field goals this season, so maybe that's how the game ends. What were your emotions when Riley Patterson lined up for that final field goal? Yeah, you know, um, that I wanted to get <laughs> the newspaper guys right. <laughs> will know that I wanted what I had written to still be valid <laughs> after the kick. Right, right, so right. I didn't was it, to was it? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I'm a little – I tell people, had I been 25 right. at that moment, it would have been a mess and I wouldn't have filed until 1.30. Right. But I, I, I sort of had it written in a way that could go either way, which you have to do in that situation. But um, I didn't really have emotions, but my thought was there's no way he's going to miss it Yeah. after that. I mean, and – I guess because he made it, that was proven. But it just felt like the seventy thousand people in there were not going to let that thing. Miss. Well, no, I, I get <laughs> and that, that's I mean? a great take because because <laughs> for me, what I went through getting ready to call it, and and obviously first thing for me, 
call it right. Right. You know, my, my, call it right was more important to me than what he, whether he made it or not, because that's my job. You didn't read any of his stats, yeah, right? Right. right. Well, like we, didn't, Riley Patterson's... We, didn't, we didn't do any streaks. Right. Good. Streak. You don't ever want to do a streak step. But, uh, but, uh, but I read his stats. It's not streak stats. But when, it, when he's lining up, my first thought was call it right. I mean, don't mess, uh, mess up the call. But then, to your point, I'm thinking nobody in the NFL misses these 36-yard chip shots, so he's going to make it. But what if he doesn't? I mean, that, yeah. that, that, what ran through my mind is nobody misses these in the NFL, but what if our guy does? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean? Does that make sense? I thought, well, yeah. what if our guy does? What if, what if ours is the guy that misses this? And it felt – it was weird. When they were driving, I was a little surprised – it it was such a, a a flurry of emotions. It was this thing where all of a sudden they were in range, right? And you felt like they were driving, and then they were in range, and then they had a minute and thirty to kill. So that dynamic changed so quick that when I'm watching it, it felt like it was a longer field goal. And then when mm-hmm. I looked and saw it was a 36 yarder as he was lining up, I was oh that's why they didn't try to get closer. He's already close, right? Uh, it it was the classics like that, and that's a classic. The storylines change so fast you can't keep up with it. it. That's amazing. what that was. Pretty Have you amazing. seen, by the way, any of you, a ref not let the kicker make that? What just go through with the kick? Was they awful. started it like last week. They did? Yeah, what? it must have been a point of emphasis in their like That you didn't meeting. want the practice They don't field want goal. the practice field goal. But that's I mean, crap. I don't know why. I totally agree if, that's crap. If, yeah, if you don't want the practice field goal, then don't call the time right. out. Yeah, they didn't coach them to tackle the no (laughs) i mean if you don't want the practice that was where the coaching went awry yeah if you don't want (laughs) the practice field goal don't call the timeout right you everybody know everybody i didn't send the memo out yeah yeah yeah. good point sorry we are killing the messenger i kind of shot the messenger (laughs) a b i kind of enjoyed shooting the messenger there but but, i mean but my point is right i mean we all everyone knows part of football is if you're going to risk the timeout you risk the practice kick. Yep. Right. That, that's that's part of the game. I I think I, I was I, I did not know that. I was shocked that they, I can't get any grabbed. You can't grab him. No, you can't. All right. <laughs> there was a official I want to say a week ago that literally ran up and took the snap. Wow. Like caught the snap. And so there. I don't know why. I don't know why they care. I don't know why by calling a timeout. It is an odd that thing. Yeah. that right. gives you a protection of the practice kick that. A timeout has never caused a ref to then go do right. an action. But, but I think that's part of the strategy. Yeah. If I'm going to freeze you, I'm running the risk that you get a practice kick. Right. That's just part of – I think that's part of the strategy. I, I, I think so. I've got to decide do I – if I do freeze him, I risk the fact that he gets to practice. I, I You know what I mean? There's, there's, there's yeah. give and take, so I, I was shocked. That, that seems like one where they overthought it a little yeah, bit. No question. Um, who's going to win the game? Well I- – because of the stats I threw out, I don't think you can pick. If you're being, if you're trying to be objective, I agree. It's hard to pick against a team that's won this round four years in a row, number one seed, best record in the league, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, but I think it's going to be tight, yeah. and I think the Jaguars are going to have a chance at the end. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I, I'm going to pick the Chiefs because because I would I'd be being disingenuous if I didn't. But I'll bet this team hangs around with them and be careful, Chiefs. This is not. This is not. Like, like I said. People all around the country can call it David and Goliath all they want. A lot of times, David and Goliath, David feels like David when he got on the plane. Now, they may win, but it's going to take slinging that rock. This team doesn't feel like David. I'm yeah, just telling you. And that winning six in a row thing, uh, this team thinks it wins. Yeah. So we'll, we'll and that matters. John, great work. We appreciate it. Guys, Lauren, thank you. That is Johnny O. That is the O Show. Back with Lauren's news and notes after this.
What's going on in the world? It's time for Frangie Show News and Notes. Here's Lauren Brooks. News and Notes, as always, brought to you by Doubled Up Sport Fishing Charters. Book a half-day, full-day, or even overnight private fishing charter aboard the luxury 50-foot custom Carolina with Captain John Sheffield. My goodness, you'll have an experience you'll never forget. You'll also go home with some fish to eat. Visit DoubledUpSportFishingCharters.com to book your charter or visit them on Facebook. By the way, I had a, a friend go down this past weekend to Key West in a fishing tournament. They didn't get the biggest fish, but they ended up still winning $130,000. Oh, wow. Like, wow. Split amongst Dang. four of them. But still, isn't that amazing? That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. If you can catch a big old kingfish, uh, then you're doing great. All right, the last that ride on the Jaguars this weekend. It's right. Uh, the last five home games for the Jaguars, we referenced it earlier. Week 9, the Jaguars were losing 17-0 to the Raiders. Week 12, losing 19-10 to the Ravens. Week 15, losing 27-10 to the Cowboys. Week 18, as we all know, losing 10-0 to the Titans. And, of course, Saturday night, losing 27-0 to the Chargers. How about that? And, and came back every time? Came back every time. And for the home crowd – to not have left at halftime Saturday night when it was super cold and your team's playing miserable and you came in with such excitement after beating the Titans. I thought if that crowd is even half full by the time the fourth quarter starts, I'm not sure the Jaguars win. I think they leaned on the crowd a ton. Yeah, I, I thought everything fell into place. But look, there's one thing you know about this team, and and, and you said earlier, Hayes, they can be down and they don't lose confidence, you know, and they – that's 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 that that's a confident sideline even when things are going bad. That's hard to be, man. It's hard to have that. It is another storyline I think going into this game too is what you're talking about. The Jaguars are razor sharp. They're like the fighter that's had to come up through the ranks and they've had to fight six times over the last ten months just to get into this mm-hmm. conversation where you've got this heavyweight champion that hasn't fought in ten months hasn't really fought a meaningful fight in a while because the Chiefs won their division by four games. So they, yes, they were jockeying for home field, but that's not the same thing. You're not fighting for your life with that. You're fighting for privilege. The Jaguars have been fighting for their lives for six weeks, Mm -hmm. and I think that really creates an interesting dynamic in this game as well. I totally agree. Dan Orlovsky tweeted out, I don't know what to marvel at more, Doug Peterson's X and O football strategy or Doug Peterson's <laughs> leadership and culture building. The last 32 minutes of that game was a master class in both. I'll respond with the 10-10 take. The 10-10 take is brought to you by Batteries Plus. Power it, light it, fix it. Eight Jacksonville area locations. I think he might be one of the two or three best football coaches in the NFL, which means one of the two or three best football coaches in the world. I think he might be that good. I He's won a Super Bowl. There's not that many active guys with a ring, for starters. Number two, he's the best play caller I've ever been around other than Steve Spurrier at the college level. And he's the equal of Steve Spurrier at the college level, at the NFL level. I've never been around play callers that are as good as this guy. The way he's built the culture, I still to this day don't know how he was that available. I just don't know. I just don't get it. But he was, and I'm glad that he was, and he's going to be here a long, here, long time. I think right now, if you ask the best football coaches of the last five years, six years, eight years, you'd get three names. Bill, Well, four names. Bill Belichick, Andy Reid, Sean Payton, and Mike Tomlin. I think those are the names you'd get. Maybe John Harbaugh sneaks in, but I think the four names you'd get are Bill Belichick, Andy Reid, Sean Payton, and Mike Tomlin, whatever order. I think this guy is the equal of those guys. I mean, if he wins this game Saturday, <laughs> I mean – my gosh, what a resume. I right. mean, f- 
for what he did in Philadelphia and to come here, a team that had won four games in the com- previous two years combined? I mean, they were, they were the worst team in the league. That's why they had the first pick. And they're in the final eight of the NFL. I mean, you go from you go from what you had the first pick. That's how bad you were. Two years in a row. Yeah, well, correct. And now you're you're in the elite eight. There's 32 teams. That's pretty amazing. And it's incredible. I mean, Does really any coach have two statues? Because Doug Peterson could get two of them. Yeah, you're right. You're right. He's three wins away from having one now, here. Uh, right. You know, how many coach? He how many coaches now. in history have won a Super Bowl with two franchises? Anybody? Oh, I can't imagine anyone's done that. Uh, Shula never won one in Baltimore. He lost one in Baltimore. Yeah, and he lost in Baltimore and won with and won with the Dolphins. Um, Coughlin got the AFC Championship games with the Jaguars and won one with 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 the Giants. Right. No head coach has ever won a Super Bowl with two different teams. Oh, there you go. So far. Yeah. Dot dot dot. That's yeah. right. Uh, to mean, your point, Frank, the Jaguars became the first team to pick first in the NFL draft and then win a playoff game in the following season since the 1991 Dallas Cowboys. How about that? And, and by the way, how did the Cowboys do after 91? <laughs> yeah, that that was, was pretty good. They did a pretty good run. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, a, it's amazing. They had the first pick in the draft and won a playoff game. Unbelievable. I found this note interesting. We've talked about ETN's uh, fourth and one play, the 25-yard run. The Jaguars offense lined up with three players in the backfield. We know that. It was the sixth time this season an offense has lined up with three players in the backfield on fourth down. The Jaguars have accounted for half of those. How about that? How about That's that? how good he is, like we talked about, with the X's and O's. Joey Bosa and Cleo Mack combined for one sack, two quarterback hits. Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker, on the other hand, combined for one and a half sacks and six quarterback hits. Yeah, what a job of those two offensive tackles. Unbelievable. Certainly. Yeah, we have not talked about this, but certainly everyone saw it on social media. Trevor Lawrence and the gang celebrated at Waffle House. Hayes, what would you have ordered? Uh, definitely a waffle. <laughs> <laughs> Delicious. And uh, by the way, answer of the day: yeah. <laughs> eggs and bacon. Yeah, 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 for sure. Hash browns. Yeah, sounds pretty good. Sm- what do they call it? Smothered, scattered, smothered, and covered okay. for the hash browns. I'd had that. Absolutely. All star breakfast. Yes. <laughs> uh, by the way, getting to the Chiefs game, Kansas City led the NFL with 178 quarterback pressures. The Jaguars ended up with 168 quarterback pressures to rake second in the league. So you're talking about two teams. We we talk yeah. all about how good they are in the passing what game. We're also talking about two teams that are the really Jags good were at second pressure. in the league in pressures. In pressures, yes. I would not have 168. That. But I will say this: if you don't look at the Jags all year long, if you look at their defense in the last month, it's one of the four or five best defenses. It just was so bad for a while there, but it's way it's gotten way better. Moving Darius Williams outside has made a huge difference in their D. De- and Devin Lloyd kind of come of a coming of age. We talked about the refs. I don't know if y'all saw this, but Garrett Wilson was frustrated with Sean Smith in a game when the Jets were playing the Patriots earlier this season. He tweeted out that Sean Smith told him, this ain't Ohio State anymore. And so Garrett Wilson was tweeting that out, that phrase, that, or that sentence that Sean Smith had told him when he was watching Joey Bosa get the unsportsmanlike yeah. conduct penalty. And someone discovered that Sean Smith is from Michigan. So do you buy ah. any of that because of the two former Buckeyes and, ah. and the ref? No, Conspiracy I don't. theory. I, I, here's my theory. on I've always said this about officials. I'll stay on my ground on this. I don't think officials are biased. I don't think they cheat. Um, I, think by, I think officials are trying to get it right. I also think they tend to be lousy sometimes, but it's not because they're trying to. It's not because they're biased. I just don't believe that. I don't either. I, I think it's a really impossible job. I mean, with all the plays in a football game, 130 snaps, um, you know, to to be flawless throughout that for a crew, I think is, I mean, 
I, I think it's almost an impossible goal. I, I, I do think the league hasn't done them any favors either. The roughing the passer is has got to be changed. It's just it's it's too weak of contact to warrant mm-hmm. a fifteen yard penalty. Agreed. And there's really no safe way for a defender to tackle the quarterback anymore. And uh, they've got to do something about that. Uh, that to me, that's not on the officials. They're they're obviously being told to call it. They want to keep their assignments. So I, you know, I understand that, but yeah, it's, it's just such a difficult job. I I don't, I'm sure that the guys that have been in the league for a while, they have guys that they like and guys that they don't, how could you not? It's a human endeavor, but I don't think they allow it to affect the calls of the game. But I do think it's not necessarily smart to say to a player, this ain't Ohio state anymore. Obviously looking Garrett Wilson probably looking for calls just because if someone does trace it back and all that kind of stuff. Uh, final news and note before we say hello to Rick Ballou. All four starting quarterbacks in Saturday's wildcard games, Geno Smith, Brock Purdy, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, made their NFL postseason debuts, which was the first time since December 1986 when Todd Blackledge, Pat Ryan, Jay Schroeder, and Jim Everett all made their first playoffs. Well, that's start. really interesting. That tells you there's a changing of the guard of the quarterback position, mm-hmm. whether that means because there's injuries. But, I mean, that, that really tells you how the quarterback position is changing. And in some cases, how young quarterbacks, Geno's not young, but how some cases young quarterbacks are, are, are all the rage. So I'm telling you, keep an eye on this guy, Brock Purdy. I mean, it's not, I mean, he's pretty good. I mean, I kept thinking it was game manager, game manager, Kyle Shanahan winning with defense. But you watch him, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. He certainly is. Well done, everybody. Let's say hello to Rick Ballou. Now, the two-minute drill. Brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping 1010XL talking with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. How about that game Saturday oh, night, Ballou? Was that any good? Oh. Still can't believe it. I mean, I literally cannot believe it. I know. It's like I mean, nothing. you don't come back 27 nothing in the NFL. Right, that's right. That's Doesn't right. happen. Yeah, it was, it was one of the most bizarre... Games I've ever seen. One of the most bizarre comebacks I've ever seen. Yep. Um, have you ever been a fan of a team? Because I have. Once the Florida State-Florida game, the choke at Doak, 31-3. And once Ron Zook's second year at Miami, up 33-10. And when it starts happening to you, you see it. You can't stop it. Right. As a fan, you're watching it. Oh, yeah. Have you been Have you been on one of those? I, I absolutely remember that one in 94. I mean, Have you been and, on the bad side of one oh, of those? Oh, yeah. Have yeah. You? I, cause I, cause those, I've been on the bad side of both of those. It was awful. Mm-hmm. It was awful because you knew it was you, the train wouldn't stop. I don't know if I've seen it uh, with a football team. You know, Florida State had that comeback. I've seen it in hockey. Were your team okay? Was ahead? I've seen. Uh, I've seen. A, today they played. As a matter of fact, Boston played Philadelphia. I remember back in the playoffs two years ago, Boston was up three nothing in a series. Philadelphia won four straight. Boston had a three nothing lead. Okay, so they, so you okay seen. three nothing lead in the game so in game seven. Okay, so that's the same. You and can, three goals in hockey is yeah, like twenty one, yeah. twenty four points in the NFL. And you just can't stop it. Yeah, you just can't. I mean, I mean, I I, I talked to Matt Money Smith, the play by play voice of the Chargers after the game, and he was he the look on his face because you know when it's you can't stop it. You can't stop that momentum. But they made so many mistakes. I mean, you look at the box score and it looks like they lost. If you compare pass to run, everyone knows you run the football. You take clock. They kept throwing incomplete yeah, passes. Yeah, it, it's just, uh, it's it's totally mind-boggling. And, um, I, you know, I'm going to get into it tonight and have a lot of fun with the listeners. I, I'm still in partial shock that they came back from 27 to nothing. Right, so just Brandon just Sale, incredible. Brandon Staley get fired or no? You got to fire him. How, how, I mean, how can you bring him back into your locker room? 
this saying all the right things because he's a likable guy. He's a young guy. I thought Rex Ryan actually made a, a decent comment about this. I, I didn't watch the uh, the postgame show. I saw it on – it was viral today on Twitter. But, you know, whether it was um, Jeff Saturday uh, earlier this year with no experience or, in this case, of Brandon Staley, veteran grizzled – you know, grizzled veteran coaches don't make these type of mistakes that these young, new, energetic coaches are making who have not been in the trenches for big games, man. That is so true. That yeah. is just so And I don't agree with Rex Ryan a lot, but I certainly did with that point of view. I see. I, I, so do I. It happens over and over. All that and a whole lot more. Yeah, a lot of fun coming up here in the next couple of hours. All right, Rick Ballou goes into the night to right now talking that and a whole lot more. Can't believe it. Still can't believe it. I, I'm with Rick. I still can't believe that it actually happened. I'm still not sure the Jaguars are going to win the game. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, that's our program. We'll see you tomorrow. Same bad time, same bad channel. Don't go anywhere. Rick Ballou goes into the night right now. For Hayes, Lauren, and Gibby, I'm Frank Franzi. So long. Cook puts it down. Patterson's kick is up. The field goal is good! 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 The Jaguars have won it! The Jaguars have won it! They have come back from 27-0 to win the game and move on! How good is that?